Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Next Level Nerd Sports Podcast. I'm Frank Conti. Joining me, as always, is my fantastic partner in crime, Bronson Allman. Bronson, it's been a couple of weeks. We're getting together a little sooner than we usually do. We're trying to get some content out like the fans demanded. So uh, how, how have you been? What's what's going on? I'm good, Frank. I, I don't know if I can follow up that introduction. That's pretty good. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm working on uh, it. I'm working on it. <laughs> no, you don't have to work on it. That's, that's pristine, my friend. Um, I'm doing good. Had a good Thanksgiving. Um, my mom had to work on Thanksgiving, so I spent it with uh, the the Haynes family. They're, they're my second, fa- you know, my second family, and it's always good to you know get together with them. And and I had a good day of Thanksgiving. And I didn't actually watch as much football as I liked on Thanksgiving, but it, it didn't bother me. Time with family is always you the didn't most miss important. much. I'll tell you, we'll get into that later. You, <laughs> a couple of couple of stinkers, uh, especially with the Steelers Ravens being moved. So it was sure. kind of a couple of lousy games. <laughs> So obviously, with the with the pandemic, uh, obviously getting worse, not better. Frank just thought it was a time to really, you know, you know, we're never guaranteed tomorrow or any, you know, with the way the world's going, just to spend that that quality of time with family or people who may not be blood family, but they're 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 family in other ways. So doing good, Frank. I did get to watch a little bit of football this weekend, and obviously uh, the eyes and the ears of the NFL world were watching yesterday, and we'll get into that obviously in a second. But uh, a lot of football going on. Um, NBA offseason. I've been trying to, you know, hearing big news about that. Um, college basketball has been going off too. So I watched a couple, a little, I, I uh, dropped in on a couple key games that were uh, going on this week. Uh, I wouldn't, not if I stayed too long. Uh, long days of work, I kind of dozed off a little bit, but uh, I caught that Michigan State do game a little bit. But other than that, Frankie, the whole lot of stuff. Um, shout out to my Na- my NASCAR uh, online boys. We, our season ended, so we've been playing uh, PGA Tour 2K21 on Xbox. Oh, how is that? How is that game? I'm getting it. Yeah, it's good. And I think a lot of us got because of the, the Black Friday special of it being okay. like $30. Mm-hmm. And it was good. I think it plays almost uh, it, like like the Rory McIlroy game, but even better. Good. The oh, way good. he uses the clubs, yeah. shot selection, it's it's. I think it's one of the the, the more. Uh, I think it's a very detailed game, and it's good for a pick up and play kind of game if you're just a person looking for sports gaming. But we've been on it. Uh, you know, it's like every night we've been on it, or not. Uh, they've done it a lot more than I have, but uh, we have our own like little online society on there, and uh, it's cool, Frank. I recommend you get it. I don't know if you have a PS or an Xbox, but either even so. Pick it up. It's 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 a recommend, especially for thirty dollars. That's a hell of a price for it. So. I, I think I when I I I actually asked Santa Claus for it. So uh, okay, yeah, I I think I'm getting it. And I sent the I sent the price to the to um to my mom that was looking for a gift for me um when it was down to thirty dollars on Amazon. So I said yeah, I said act worth- now and get this deal. So <laughs> hopefully yeah. I get it. I'm not sure if I'm getting it, but I hope one thing I hope I got to ask you is on some of the older golf games on like difficulty levels. And I, and I have this problem on Madden and on MLB, the show and all sports video games, like rookie or pro you shoot 30 under par and it's too easy. And then like one level up to hard, you can't win. You can't win. Is is there like a, is there like a competitive level in it? Like, yeah, there's, there's uh you know, I think there's like a, uh, Rookie, pro, amateur, like legend, something like that. I play on the putting, third putting. set. Yeah, I, I had the. I mean, I had the putt assist because I suck at it, and I admit, yeah. I admittedly said that I'm not good I at do. it. 
but um yeah, yeah there's four levels i'm on the third um i'm, I'm kind of like a, a scratch golfer i mean like i just i break even pretty much every yeah. like hole maybe once in a while i birdie one but uh it's That's cool because yeah because the, the boys and i like they do like we do the pairings we either do like or alternate shot or or uh you know um skins or whatever but it's it's a fun stuff on it frank it's i'm not a huge golf guy but those the video games are cool the best one i ever played i think was the maybe tiger woods 14 for 360 that was the last year of ea well no no rory was the last year ea did it but um that's the last tiger game so yeah, the tiger um, woods games were hard to beat those were always so fun i remember me and my buddies always competing at that in the college days and really really having some all-nighters just playing that game yeah, so that's what I've been doing—a little sports gaming—and I'm, and I'm sure that you know things unfortunately get uh, really high with the the coronavirus. Uh, we'll be spending a lot more time indoors, so that'll be what I'll be doing to pass the time and catching up on some old shows and whatnot. But I've kind of hijacked this segment, Frank. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you. That's what I've been doing. And uh, how 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 are you doing? How have you been since? Then? No, no, it's good to yeah, it was good to hear what you've been doing. The same here. Uh, my Thanksgiving was just a small thing with uh, immediate families. You know, we're trying to respect those guidelines. I saw uh, my side of the family on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and then on actual Thursday of Thanksgiving, we went to my in laws, um, my wife's family. So. Um, uh, yeah, had a great time. Just watched a little bit of football, hung out with family. Um, now we're doing some Christmas decorating, which is fun and keeping the spirits up. So my house is kind of torn apart here with uh, decorations and presents to wrap everywhere. But uh, me and my wife, yeah, we're trying to slowly get into the Christmas spirit now that you're we like, turn the corner. For those listening at home, obviously you're not going to see Frank and I do the show. We do cams. Obviously, you're not going to see that uh, on, mm-hmm. on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or you listen to. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we do like a lot of the other podcasts, we can do like a premium where they have to pay something a month and then they can be watching <laughs> podcast i don't think anyone would ever pay that i don't know why you would want to pay that. <laughs> but right now frank's background he is like the background's like faded but he comes in clear mm-hmm. it's kind of like the old wqed carmen san diego show where like the <laughs> villain always pop on the screen and it always looks so weird and like glitchy and, in a good way i mean that but it's a reminder you remind, me, remind me of a, of a carmen, carmen san diego san villain diego. <laughs> yeah well, I know. I decided I, I didn't know you could blur the background. I just I discovered that for this podcast. Usually I don't do it, but instead of my boring walls behind me, I just did I the blurriness. Like, I feel like you're going to give me a clue to the next uh, clue of where Car- Carmen San Diego is at. So <laughs> just to and just to describe Bronson's scene, I feel like I'm Vin Scully on the radio describing a Dodger game or Mike Lang on the Penguins. But uh, Bronson looks like he possibly is in a hostage situation dungeon oh. type deal. And oh, I took dark dimly dimly lit room uh. people always make fun of that because well here's the deal because i am a bald human being everyone who knows me knows that <laughs> i've lost my hair so if i turn the light on there'll be a huge glare off the top of my head <laughs> so i just go dark and uh and, and and have a light here at my desk to do this so yeah i don't the glare is kind of hilarious i've tried to wear baseball hats but it's still like you can still see some glare off of stuff so uh that's why i do it i'm not in a hostage situation or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, but uh no show it's... me today's newspaper show me today's newspaper. <laughs> what am i what uh, am but... i uh what was it the uh the um oh come on the mcdaniel situation remember he was he was like 
He was 99, uh, 99 to 99999% like the Colts head coach. And then he ended up yeah, going back to New England. And then remember when, when, uh, when, when Wright got the coaching job, he had the, the, the newspaper, him and Ursay posted with the day's newspaper. That's pretty <laughs> hilarious. But Frank and I, that's one thing that you get with Frank and I, we like, we'll get one thing and we just keep going. It's like every week we like, yeah. we're going to record a show and then it becomes two hours because we just have that like knack. We just don't shut up. And we always like, I will, uh, stuff. I'll get the train going down the tracks here. I do want to. I don't want to forget to mention our our sponsor, our um, the our next level nerd family. We're kind of under the umbrella of Justin McConnell, Nico Rocco. They started Next yes. Level Nerd, um, a couple of years ago, where they they post uh, you know, hilarious memes on Facebook. They they uh, review movies, comic books, all kinds of things like that. Um, try to check them out at facebook.com slash next level nerd or next level nerd.com. Um, we're, we're happy to be a part of them. And uh, maybe one of these days we keep saying it, we'll get these, those guys on the show and maybe we'll do a crossover and we'll get on their movie podcast. Love I know Bronson's been, been itching to get in there. Uh, their, their latest one, I believe is uncle buck, which I, I do want to check out. Cause that's one of my favorite movies. So John Candy classic. Right. Head on over there and give them guys, you know, some likes and uh, subscribe, you know, to their page on Facebook and um, and, uh, and and give them a shout. But um, but we'll get into it, Bronson. This is season two, episode seven of the NLN Sportscast. Um, it's going to be a heavy NFL heavy show today. Not much going on. A lot of seasons, a lot of sports are in their off season. So um, you're going to hear a lot of football talk. We're going to go over. Uh, currently, we're we're recording December third, so um, NFL Week Twelve just wrapped up on Wednesday, and we'll get into why that happened. A, a rare Wednesday afternoon tilt um, with our Steelers actually just wrapped up Week Twelve. We'll go over some of the big games where the standings are, playoff races are heating up, um, and then we'll kind of we'll go over um, our Steelers and Ravens matchup because Bronson and I are are from the Pittsburgh area, so we are Steeler fans. I'll try not to say we and us. Because I know our fans don't like that, <laughs> but uh, I, I just don't last talk time. about the female fans of Pittsburgh, and we'll be fine, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I always listen back to myself, and I'm not I'm not vain or anything, but I, I always just same. like to, I listen back to the podcast two or three times, you know, on, on Apple Podcast or Spotify, just to you know to learn from it, see what I could do better. And I did notice last episode, I say our and we're and we so much referring to the Steelers and. Obviously, I don't play for them or coach for them or anything, so I need to start Richard saying they. It's not currently employed by <laughs> or affiliated with the Pittsburgh Steelers football organization. <laughs> right, right. Without the express written consent of the no, National but, um, League. <laughs> LLC, copyright trade partner. <laughs> yeah. Just as a preview, like I said, we'll 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 recap week twelve. We'll talk about Steelers Ravens. We will take a look ahead at week thirteen. Um, we'll hit a few other sports, see what's going on in the off season, and as always, Bronson and I will go on our rants. We always love our final thoughts, where we get a chance to get up on our soapbox and pick a topic of our choosing, and uh, go on a little bit of a rant. So. Bronson, I will not delay any further. We will get into NFL Week 12. We're going to take a jaunt around the league. And I here Bronson's going <laughs> to... Here we go, Week 12. Bronson, you will be... Bronson, you will, you will laugh because up on my phone right now is this. Is that, is that the... Were you done? Is that the surprise clip we talked about? <laughs> 
So Johnson beat me to the punch. I was going to have the ESPN Chris Berman two-minute drill music. And, of course, this is why we are. This is why Bronson and I are good friends. This is why we're good friends. And we host this podcast together because we have the same stupid mind. (laughs) I thought he was going to play his – I, I thought he was going to play his other clip he talked talked about off air, but uh, I was like, that, well, that it's not really time for that yet. They'll love that uh, one. Yes, yes, this whole thing queued up. But now, week twelve, um, I want to hit up on a few games. Um, we'll get into the Steelers Ravens last, but a few of the games that stood out to me, and I watched a lot of these on Red Zone um, this Sunday, which I love. It just bounces around to all the big plays, and you just get to see a little bit of each game, and you kind of feel like you see the whole game. Um, it's not it's not an NFL Sunday ticket, but I think it's it's good because it bounces around to key plays. Um, Kansas City Tampa, I believe it was the four o'clock national game. On uh, with was it Nance and Romo and Nance and Romo? I feel like they either get like a Steeler game where they always get whatever game that like if, if Brady gets any kind of sniff on that CBS, you know Nance and and, and Romo get that game. Had, I, I want to say we had them three weeks in a row, like Cleveland, Tennessee, and Dallas. But, yeah. Um, yes. You're right. We had a lot of them, and I don't know if the Baltimore game had them or not, but um, the the first Baltimore game. But here we go, Jim. Okay, all right, Jim. Yeah, it was the go. Cleveland, Baltimore. It was Cleveland, Baltimore, and Dallas, I believe. Yeah, or not Cleveland. But, I was like, uh, I had to see Baltimore and Dallas. Yeah. So Kansas City, Tampa interests me, Bronson, because I'm constantly watching what the Chiefs are doing because. You know, the Steelers, um, uh, you know, I won't spoil anything. People probably know they're 11 and 0 now. And, um, you know, obviously every week the, the best start in franchise history, but 11 and 0, but only one game behind the Steelers. I didn't say us. One, one game behind the Steelers are the Chiefs at 10 and 1. So they, they, they get by Tampa Bay and move to 10 and 1. They win at 27 24. Um, again, the Kansas City Chiefs really dominated most of the way. They were up. They were up most of the way, and then uh, a late surge by Tampa Bay got it to within three. But um, never felt like it was out of hand for KC. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill was just outstanding. Um, I was looking at the numbers in the first half. He had eight or nine catches and two hundred and fifty yards and three scores at the half. And I was I was wondering like if this continues, is he gonna set records? Is he gonna get three, four hundred yards and four or five touchdowns? Like video game numbers for the cheetah, as they call him, Tyreek Hill, just blowing up fantasy leagues wh- wherever he is. I know in my league he had fifty-one points, and it's a low scoring league. So most uh projected receivers in my league scoring get around ten or twelve. So Tyreek Hill put up fifty-one fantasy points. Uh obviously Mahomes and that connection. Um you have Travis Kelsey as well. They're just loaded. Uh, of course, the rookie Edwards Alaire and now Le'Veon Bell injected into that offense. They're just talent everywhere and weapons for Mahomes. Mahomes threw for 350, 360, and four scores. Um, they're just a juggernaut, and they do go down to Tampa. You know, On the road with Tom Brady, I, I thought it might be one that um, Kansas City takes a loss and give the Steelers a two-game cushion, but it wasn't to be. The Chiefs keep pace and stay one game back at Pittsburgh. Um, Bronson, do you see any of this? What were your thoughts there? Yeah, actually, this is the game I actually watched and focused on the most. And uh, I'm going to apologize to our viewing audience or listening audience. Um, yeah, I didn't really watch a whole lot of the uh, few other games here, but uh, I w- I kept a very close eye on this game. Obviously, this was the the focused matchup of the week. Uh, if you take away the Thanksgiving games, um, it was a very I mean, Kansas City came out guns a blazing. Patrick Mahomes, I mean. 
every week he clearly shows why he is the top echelon quarterback in the National Football League. And he's got a great supporting cast. I mean, when when Travis Kelsey's like, you know, he, he's like your second slash third best option. Like, you know, you have a very uh, you have a juggernaut offense there. And uh, obviously the unsung heroes of, you know, of Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire, uh, Le'Veon Bell, who they brought on this this year. Um, Watkins, Watkins still on the team. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Watkins is on the team still. Um, Mahomes has so many great weapons, and that's not to take anything away from him because I don't think even if he had those weapons, he's a guy like Brady where he could make he could make a marginally good wide receiver put up stellar numbers. Right. And once they got they got out of the gates, you just felt like, oh wow, like Tampa Bay could be in trouble. But I was thinking back to that, you know, and like you said, Frank, that could have been a game that Kansas City could have went down and lost because remember a few a few about a month ago when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers went down to, to Raymond James Stadium and lost and lost to Tampa. So yeah. it's definitely it's definitely a, a place where good teams could go down there and take that loss because even though Brady isn't the quarterback he was, you know, or maybe anywhere close, he, he's still a very serviceable quarterback and. Uh, and you just know that that's not that's not an easy out, and especially for a team like Kansas City, um, you know, going down there. Um, but no, I, I it really seemed like it was going to get out of hand early. But Brady seemed that you know that's why he is Tom Brady. You know, you know he had to kick it the gear, and they came close there to, towards the end there. But just ultimately, Frank the Tampa de- defense just couldn't get a key stop when they needed to. Patrick Mahomes wins that that battle over you know they they, they uh, Nance and Romo kind of hyped up the head to head battle there of uh, Mahomes versus Tom Brady and assuming that neither team faces each other in the Super Bowl this year it's looking like maybe this will end two uh, or I was at two 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 and two against each other um, who knows they might play each other yeah. next year or something like that but um obviously this that was the hype it, it, this is pretty much like every time a good quarterback plays another good quarterback it, it, that's easy the hyped uh part of the the, the matchup but Tyree kill man just every week it just seems like I feel like the last few weeks of the this season Frank it's been kind of like Tyreek Hill puts up these gaudy numbers and then like every time Seattle plays DK Metcalf matches that up and I'm sure well, we're going to get into that in a, in a few minutes but another yeah another stud yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's just, we're, we're very blessed and I know last episode we really touched on how privileged we are as fans to see the transition of quarterbacks throughout the end you know the last 20 or so years of the National Football League but you know, the wide receiver position kind of gets criticized because that's, you know, Colin Coward always says on his show, it's it's the it's the icing on, on the cake kind of deal. You know, Michael Lombardi always goes on there and he always says that Belichick taught him that you build from the center out, not the sideline in your internal your internal mm-hmm. pieces a little bit better than your wide receivers, because even marginally good wide receivers can be made better by good, better by really great quarterbacks. But uh, the wide receiver. Sure, Frank has been right off the chain. And like last episode, we talked about obviously the DeAndre Hopkins Hail Mary catch. Obviously, the year DK Metcalf's been having. Obviously, the year um, that Tyreek Hill's been having. And not not to mention, not to not to pat our homer selves on the back, but obviously the emergence of Chase Claypool. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, there's, I'm sure there's five or six that I've, I've omitted from this. That's fine. But um, this was this was definitely Tyreek Hill's coming out party. And it says this hasn't been the only game he's had. He's had some great games, but this definitely showed. Uh, um, it was a good game to watch, Frank. I thought it lived up to the the hype, and uh, I'm glad that Tampa Bay figured out a way to at least make the game close there at the end. Um, 
but uh, was not meant to be. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, the offensive juggernaut genius of Andy Reid, find a way to prevail over uh, another offensive of mind, Bruce Arians. Um, and there it is. And uh, I, it's not Antonio Brown's fault, but they, they actually not have, have not had a good record since Antonio Brown signed with the Tampa right. Bay Bucks. But uh, I don't think it's through any fault of that. I just think that Tampa's run into real, some really good teams. Your New Orleans, mm-hmm. your, your yeah, your New Orleans, your your uh, your Kansas Cities and stuff. And, and Brady mm-hmm. did shake Patrick Mahomes' hand, so that seems to be a topic to watch too. When Brady <laughs> loses, will he shake their hands? Because there's a right. couple guys he's he's kind of snubbed there. So that's mm-hmm. my reflections, Frankie. This Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Um, we all we all know Kansas City is the team to watch, but uh, Tampa Bay, no matter who they play, what situation is, they seem to be a fun fun football to watch as well. So it was really a fun experience to watch that game. Uh, take there, Frank. Uh, uh, any more final thoughts on that game? No, just uh, Kansas City keeps rolling. It's another it's another one they put in there. <laughs> Steelers got pocket, up, right? <laughs> yeah, the Steelers. Steelers. Uh, that's what I think. It's a good thing. I mean, I'd like to have a little bit of a cushion. At least we, we, at least the Steelers. Have a cushion, and at least the Steelers have a cushion in the AFC North race. Um, we'll I, talk about that. I think th- that's standing if, too. If but. Pittsburgh were to play Kansas City eighty point in the playoffs, I mean, as a Steeler fan, you want that to be in Heinz Field. Not that the crowd's going to make a big deal, obviously, with the limited access of fans allowed at stadiums. Yeah. But I just, and things. I, th- I think you want that at Heinz Field. You don't want to go to yeah. Arrowhead to play Kansas right. City. Frank, moving on, the Cleveland Browns. You know, it was a few weeks ago, Frank, we recorded and we were talking about, you know, Steelers having a chance to win the North and we were going to put, we were going to, we were going to undertake the Baltimore Ravens. I said, we, so there mm-hmm. you go. I said, we, <laughs> the Steelers are going to, you were going to, you were going to do the, uh, ni- the uh, 1991 undertaker and uh, put the Ravens in the casket and make them rest in peace. But uh, <laughs> lo and behold, we completely forgot about the Cleveland Browns who just mm-hmm. keep eking by victories every week. And they are eight and three. They are slowly, they have jumped ahead of Baltimore and are not creeping yeah. on the Steelers heels. And don't, and don't get lost Frank on the fact that the last week of the season, pending any possible COVID rescheduling of games, mm-hmm. the Browns will be the last game of the Steelers season. So that game, as I said, last episode could maybe be a throwaway game. I'm going to say that's probably not going to be a throwaway game. There's probably going to be some, uh, some skin of the game to be had on that, on that week's matchup. But uh, going off the rails a little bit, the, the Browns squeaked out that, uh, that 27-25 win over Jake Luton. I kept saying Luton last episode. I got criticized by people. And, oh, whatever. Uh, Jake Luton and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Actually, it wasn't Jake Luton. What am I talking about? Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Yeah, Steeler killer, yeah. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Well, it's funny because I was on the internet and I saw that there was like a um, – it was like a six degrees of separation like with Kevin Vega kind of thing where – what was it? Mm-hmm. Glennon was replaced by Trubisky, who was replaced by Foles, who was replaced by Minshew, who was replaced by Luton, who was replaced, was replaced by Glennon. By Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL – quarterback carousel it's always great <laughs> so the six degrees of separation somewhere kevin bacon's somewhere linked to one of those quarterbacks if not all of them but uh it was actually mike glennon who played that game and the veteran the veteran prowess of glennon was not enough to overcome baker mayfield which frank i think we may have mentioned on past shows the browns have actually surprisingly played a lot better without obj in the lineup but it's not because yeah. I think of lack of OBJ's, you know, what, what someone would say shenanigans or his 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 his, uh, his need to be a center of attention. I think the Browns, I think, have kind of 
had their come, you know, to lack of a better cliche, their come to Jesus meeting and realize that they're not a passing team. They are a running team. When you have Kareem Hunt, when you have Nick Chubb, that that's your bread and butter. And I think they're starting to realize that. I think Stefanski's starting to realize that. And they do sprinkle in the tight end here and there. And Baker, they put Baker in positions to try to make some plays. Granted, Cleveland was that hasn't really they haven't really beat anyone impressive these last few weeks. But a win's a win's a win, as as the the late great Al Davis always says, just win, baby. The Browns are winning, and right now, Frank, the brown and orange colors are the ones creeping on the Steelers' coattails, not the purple and black of Baltimore. You watch this game. I guarantee you watch this game a lot more than I did. Your thoughts of this game? Well, I, it was on red zone. I was in and out with it, but um, okay. there, one one play really stood out, and I, I gave Jacksonville a lot of credit. They they did go to Glenn, and I don't know if it was due to injury to Luton or just to because of poor play, but um, when you have Mike Glennon, um, you know, kind of a guy that's a little bit more established than the rookie Luton, um, might give you a better chance to win, although Jacksonville's probably trying to tank to um, get the number two pick, at least. I don't know if they'll catch, quote-unquote, catch the Jets for the, the number one pick, but uh, you'd think Jacksonville's probably trying to lose out and go 1-15. and 15. They, they won their opener against the Colts. And everybody was like, maybe Jacksonville is going to be decent this year. And now they've lost 10 in a row. Uh, and they sit at 1 and 10. But uh, 20, 27 25 was the final. And late in the game, Glennon let a drive and, uh, and scored. And they had to go for two to tie it. And this was talked about all over the fan this, this week and uh, other outlets. Mike Glennon rolled out to his left and had wide open spaces. I mean, all he had to do was sprint to the pylon. And I'm screaming at my TV set because, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the Browns to lose to get more cushion in the AFC North. And um, I'm saying, run, run, run. I mean, he had all day and to run and just get to the pylon. Nobody in sight. But he pulls up and he tries to force one. And I think it got intercepted. Um, what doesn't matter, intercepted or no good. They don't get the two-pointer. And uh, and, Jackson, and Cleveland holds on. But Mike Glennon, uh, it's one of those. Uh, ESPN, I'll give them uh, the credit there. Uh, with it. Come on, man. That segment. Oh, come, come on. on. I was like, come on, man. He, I think he's like, is it a little bit of not wanting to take a hit? Not wanting to get hurt? Mike Glennon, maybe he just came off an of injury. That's why it was available. But it was it was rough. It was so wide open. I don't know what he was thinking. Trying to force a pass in there when he had a running lane. What a tie to at 27, then you never know. Uh, you might go to overtime and and Jacksonville might uh, shock the world and and beat the Browns and help out Pittsburgh. But um, no, it wasn't to be the the Browns uh, moved to eight and three, which is I mean their best mark and you know who knows how many years, probably 20, 25 years, and uh, they are right on the Steelers' heels now. They are three games back with five to play, so. For for that final game to come into play, I think it's just going to be for seeding. Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland has their eye on the wild this card. Is, this, uh, Frank, this is what their their first winning season since how long? I mean, it's been a while. So this this they, this switches their winning season. Like, there's no way they can't they can't have. They'll a be five hundred if they lose out. They'll be five hundred, but they're probably yeah, they going to win one more. But they haven't been good since the Kelly Holcomb game where the Steelers came back. That's like the last <laughs> time. That's a, the last time they they made the playoffs, but. I think it's good for football. It's good for the AFC North. I'm not a Browns hater. Um, it's good for the rivalry with Pittsburgh if they're good. You know, we we obviously stopped them when they came into town. Mayfield was banged up that game. They'll get a rematch the final game of the year. Um, yeah. For Pittsburgh, for Pittsburgh, that game might be to um, sew up home field in the bye. And for Cleveland, it might be to sew up, uh, you know, the, the number one wild card seed. So 
We'll have to see if that game comes into play. I don't think Cleveland catches Pittsburgh for the North. They'd have to win out probably, and uh, and have the Steelers, you know, lose out um, or, or something like that. But um, but no, uh, Cleveland Cleveland gets to eight and three. Now their schedule, um, interesting. One of the games we'll preview next week. Uh, they they get Tennessee next. So I don't know how it'll work with tiebreakers, but a, a Pittsburgh win over Washington and a Tennessee win over Cleveland might clinch the North for Pittsburgh. Um, but I think division record is the first tiebreaker, and I think the Steelers have that one. So even if Cleveland beats us the last week of the year, I, I think with the, we might be celebrating, Steelers might be celebra- celebrating um, an ASC North crown next week. But Cleveland, they needed to go down there and take care of business, and they did. So um, give them credit. Like you said, Bronson, Mayfield's not the guy. If you're going to throw 50 times, um, Mayfield, you're not going to win that way. Mayfield, I'm not going to go as far as calling him a game manager, but I mean, he's a number one overall pick and a Heisman Trophy winner, but he's best served as a, you know, with running the football, getting play action off the run, you know, running to set up the pass, not having to do too much. And I think he simplified his game. OBJ going out maybe helped with that. You never want to say losing a superstar helps a team win. A lot of yeah. people like to say that. But um, but no, Mayfield's doing what he has to do to win. Uh, Stefanski might finally – I know it's only one year, but Stefanski might be the guy that finally – turns it around in Cleveland. You know, he, you just got to know what you are. And like you said, Chubb and Hunt probably, I mean, arguably the best one, two punch in the NFL. Um, I've been watching Nick Chubb since he returned from injury every, every week. And he's just running over people. Um, he's elusive. He's, he's strong. He's fast. Um, he, he's just, he, he's a great back. And when you can bring in Kareem Hunt for third down passing situation, give Chubb a blow. It's just, they're, they're dangerous. So Cleveland's Chubb- a team. Nobody, Nobody wants to see. Chubbs, he's used to be part of these tandems. Like him and Cream Hunt are in Cleveland. Back at when they played at Georgia, he was there with um Sony Michelle. So it's uh it's he's not he's he's no strange to be part of you know of a really good running back tandem there. But uh I mean he's good by himself, but when you when you pair him with another uh lethal running back, I mean the sky's the limit. That's why Georgia was good when they when they were playing there, and that's why the Cleveland Browns are are finding a way to win these games. They are leaning on that running on that running game for sure. Couple of other ones that stood out, Bronson. I'll just I won't go I won't break down the game, but I'll just go over the scores. Yeah. Um San Francisco, they they kind of inject themselves back into the playoff discussion. They they go into LA into the new SoFi Stadium and they take out the Rams 23-20. That game went down to the wire, I think a final field goal. Robbie um, Gold. So yeah, so the 49ers without Garoppolo, without George Kittle, um, they're not coming back the rest of the year. It's kind of a ragtag bunch. They they're getting healthier. They got Mostert back. Um, they got a couple of guys on defense fi- finally back, um, but still without Garoppolo and Kittle, probably you know are going to be your two best players. Um, they moved to five and six, and you know that NFL uh, NFC wild card is is up for grabs there. The the five, uh, six, and seven seeds. So that that game surprised me to see uh, San Fran pull that off and, and get back into the playoff hunt. Um, a, a kind of a funny one. New Orleans went into Denver. Oh and, no! Uh, Here we go. <laughs> and, and we got to talk about this because it was kind of yeah. an anomaly, um, kind of an anomaly. Denver had, a, I believe, a positive case of COVID in their quarterback room. And the other three quarterbacks on the roster were caught not masking. So they were punished by the NFL and deemed to have to quarantine. Um, so all four quarterbacks were unavailable to play this game. The NFL also did not let the Broncos go to the scrap heap and sign anyone. 
which I didn't get into. I didn't see the details on that. I think it was COVID punishment for, for violations. Yeah. They weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to maybe go sign like a Colin Kaepernick who's out there looking for work or, you know, anybody that was kind of, you know, released in, in the preseason. They couldn't um, could make that, they couldn't make that emergency phone call to Josh McCown. Coaching the Eagles hat. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh exactly. McCown. The, Remember we talked about it in an earlier show. Yeah. Um, I think McCown is like Eagles property, and they're still yeah. paying him like forty k a game to just he's watch it on TV. School, he's coaching high school football down in Texas or right. something. And then if they need a quarterback, they just go to him. It's it's smart. I mean, you, these teams have the money to do that, and a lot of teams are doing it the right way, and they're keeping their third quarterback away. Like I don't know how the Steelers are handling Josh Dobbs, but. Um, Make them have Zoom meetings. Don't have these three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks all in the same room because if there's an outbreak and they have the the contact tracing, all four quarterbacks might be might be uh, ineligible to play. So I think most quarterbacks are keeping one guy out of the qu- quarterback room and uh, and and doing virtual. If they, but if, uh, if, they, if they weren't before Frank, I can promise you they, they are. Because <laughs> what happened is they had to go. Luckily, and it really didn't pay off, but they had a practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton and um this this guy had played a little bit of quarterback in college kind of like Antoine Randall L um at Wake Forest but he got beat out in camp at Wake Forest and changed to wide receiver in college so he wasn't even you know the starting quarterback at kind of a, a mid-tier power five program like Wake Forest. So they were reaching. Uh, they started the game Wildcat with uh, with Philip Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon uh, at running back, um, just taking the direct snaps and doing some read options and trying to, you know, kind of the QB power play, just get the snap and go. But um, that slowly just wasn't working. So they had to bring in Hinton and he just kind of drew it up in the sand. There's no game plan. There's no playbook for the fifth string quarterback. So it was backyard ball and the saints, you know, they're playing the saints. They're not playing the jets. So, you know, the, the, the nine and two saints just had, you know, took ate them for lunch. Cam Jordan and, is just living. And, and, well, that's, living. And Frank, not to jump in here. That's not even saying they're playing the Saints at a, at a full effective team. Remember, Drew Brees has been out, and last show we talked about we thought for sure they were, they were going to start uh, uh, Jameis Winston, but no, they actually Sean Payton throws the change up. He's been rolling with uh, with Taysom Tebow. I'm sorry, Taysom Hill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were rolling with Taysom Hill. You know the little the little snarky comment there. They were rolling with Taysom Hill, and they've been getting wins. And obviously, uh, this game Sunday, Frank was like shooting fish in a barrel, but I thought Taysom Hill had some pretty good solid solid play there. I wouldn't. I definitely I thought, wouldn't put. I thought. Uh, sorry. No. I no. thought Taysom Hill with Taysom Hill with that offense. They they like to run the ball with him. So I was yeah. I was thinking with with Denver not having a quarterback. I was thinking like I need to check the NFL record book because fewest completions in a game in the modern era might might come into play because I thought Taysom Hill might only complete like eight or nine passes. I didn't end up seeing his numbers. But Denver Hinton only completed one pass. I think he had two or three interceptions. It's the first game I think in the merger where a quarterback had more interceptions than completions. So I'd have to look that one up. But uh, they, they, they were throwing out some of the crazy stats. I, I was Nothing. hoping for zero. I was gonna he say, got one. No, he did get no one. comparison to uh, the uh, the Nate Peterman uh, era in Buffalo. Not, not, <laughs> <laughs> I know they they pick on the poor pit guy Peterman. Yeah, I think he's still got a job somewhere. He's, he's in, in, Oakland, he's in uh, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, with with, with Grew because Grew loved him in the quarterback Gru, camp. Grew loved him. Grew loved him, baby. I'll tell you what, man. This guy, this, this, this Peterman, Peterman man. 
Not to mention Gruden's had a little soft spot in his heart for Tennessee, and he was a and, and Peterman's a former volunteer, so I bet you there's a link there as well. But no, Frank, I mean you hit the nail right on the head. Um, you know, t- I think Peyton knew that you know if he uses Taysom Hill the way that that uh, that could make make him effective. I think that you know Taysom Hill's not a guy you're going to be starting to drop back about thirty times to throw the football thirty forty times. He's his bread and butter is 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 uh, being that big. Uh, big powerful uh, battering ran running the football there and uh they they used him accordingly i'm sure he, you know, he completed a few passes here and there but like you said frank the hidden the hidden project uh was the, the the punishment in in of it itself for uh for the broncos um just a very weird scenario that's you know it's kind of like uh in hockey, you know, when like the two goalies get hurt and they have like the, yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. Like all the quarterbacks couldn't play. So you had to go to a, a practice. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think now that that'll also make teams do that too, Frank, probably even in, in the post COVID era of, of the world where you're going to have a guy like, you know, you're going to have a guy on, on standby. Cause you know, that, yeah. you know, the Broncos were caught theoretically with their pants down with the whole COVID punishment and it, it cost them, but no, teams I might watched... start now. Yeah. You, teams might start putting that guy on the couch now. If, the, if anybody's out yeah. there, especially come, come playoff time. That, that was, that like I said, the Denver New Orleans game was one of the, was a few I really was, was, was honing in on, but uh, moving on, Frank, the, uh, the, and my best Chris Berman here, the New York football giants. The New York football giants uh, moved to four and seven in the what we and Frank and Skip Bayless have been calling the NFC least. <laughs> they defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. And of course, we have to put the big asterisk uh, with Joe Burrow out for the year, yeah. Frank. Uh, that's happened since we were last uh, broadcasted here with the uh, torn AC. I think there's some other other ligaments there as well. And a really uh, a gruesome injury for Joe Burrow, who was really exciting to fun and fun to watch this year. Mm-hmm. So your heart goes out. Even though you are a Steeler fan, you, you appreciate yeah. Great performances and and our heart, of course, goes out to Joe Burrow. We hope he can get healthy and come back uh, as soon as he can Next because year, yeah. I think it's always good for football. And it'll be good for the the AFC North if the Bengals can get kind of get their hat in there too. And you have four good teams. Yeah. So um, obviously, without without Burrow, they had a Ryan Finley, I do believe, was the starting quarterback for the Bengals. But it wasn't enough. And 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 honestly, the Giants have been the team on the come up. Obviously, with Sha- Saquon Barkley, obviously out for the year, they they relied on Deion Lewis and and Wayne and uh, and Gallman and obviously Gallman, yeah. and uh, Devontae Freeman just got hurt again, so he's been he's on IR. But um, the Giants really have uh, have kind of been the team trending up. And to say they the started zero tra- and five, right? I yeah. think they started zero and five, so they've won four of six. And they gotta. I have to look this one up too. They gotta be the first zero and five team to ever make the playoffs if they get there yeah so that'll be interesting daniel, daniel jones has been a huge story too he's just like every week he, he sees it getting better is that because of uh is that because of joe judge is it because more maybe because of his offensive coordinator jason garrett the former cowboys coach daniel jones former ivy league football star, you know i mean duke is only I, you know, the acc but and it's an ivy league in terms of education almost you know and and obviously um 
uh, Garrett played at Harvard. So maybe that little bit of the, the smart minds coming together there. And that could be a huge factor for sure. But the Giants are winning every week. I don't know if you saw it, Bronson, though. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, he he left that game early. Daniel Jones, I think he had yeah. a leg injury. So oh. he's 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 out for he's, he's definitely he's definitely out next week um, as they go into Seattle, which is a game Cole that McCoy would be tough. Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy came in and Colt McCoy, uh, he's going to start, he's going to start Sunday in Seattle. That's a game that they're going to be, you know, big I, underdogs. Admit, I, I admit the audience, I did not watch much of this game. I guess I got to keep my, my homework here and watch a lot of these games. But uh, see, I didn't even know, I knew someone told me the other day that Colt McCoy was, was playing for the Giants. And I was like, it, I it was a hamstring. Keep... I'm looking it up now. It was a hamstring and I didn't know what it was. I know it was lower body as hockey I... would say, but it, they're not sure. I think they're hoping it's only one game. I, I, it's funny, Frank, and I, I think I don't know if we've talked about this, but I, uh, I am, I, I admit, I admittedly, am a huge Colt McCoy fan. I just always was, even when he played in Texas, and I'm not a big Texas fan. And for one, one year, uh, my one friend, uh, Kevin, got me, uh, yeah, hook of horns. He got me a, uh, I guess he got it like at a thrift store. It's like a a, a game used jersey autograph card of Colt McCoy when he's at the Browns, like as a gag gift because it's like a dollar or something paid for it. But uh, I mean, I'm a huge Colt McCoy fan. So when I heard he got in the game, I, I had to kind of link it together because I didn't watch this game. But yeah, Colt McCoy, I, uh, you know, maybe he can play next week and light it up. And if he does believe me, next podcast, I'm not going to let anyone hear the end of that because uh, <laughs> I don't know why I have such a big like, man crush. Are you Colt predicting McCoy. a win in Seattle, Bronson? Can I put you down <laughs> for it? Hey, I mean, Are you this, predicting? <laughs> hey, remember Remember when he played for the the Browns? This guy upset the Patriots and the Saints his rookie year, the wow. year he started for the Browns. So I mean, hey, this kid knows how to win football games. And even when he played for the Washington team, there he he got out a couple wins. Remember he beat Dallas on the road. So they said, listen, don't you count my boy Colt McCoy out. <laughs> this guy can play football. Now, I don't know how, what kind of weapons he's going to have around him, but and Dan Patrick showed easily the Colt McCoy. Pew, 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 pew. So Colt McCoy, <laughs> don't sleep on Colt McCoy, man. It's, this is There's a reason why this guy keeps getting jobs in the NFL as a backup. Because when times like this arise, man, he, he comes to play. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch much of this game, but I did hear he got in. And, and Daniel Jones, even before the hamstring injury, he's he's really made strides. And one thing I really I, – I mean, obviously, I saw a little bit of Daniel Jones, obviously, us being Pitt fans, and they're, they're attracted to the ACC. Yeah. Um, Daniel Jones is a sneaky good runner. And obviously, we know mm-hmm. that now. Obviously, infamous trip versus the we, Eagles. We saw the trip, but he did get 80 on the play. I mean. He can run. And I'll tell yeah. you what. If, if the Giants front office – keeps their smarts up and puts a team around him. Wow. They, they the rebuild may not be very long, Frank. I'm telling and you. Barkley, hell, yeah, they Barkley the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah. Hell, they may not be with the playoffs this year, considering how horrible the the uh, NFC East is. But uh, mm-hmm. I seen the I probably hijacked this segment a little too long, Frank, but uh your your reflections if you had any on that yeah. I want to move on. They're- the Giants are obviously one of those hot button teams in the big market, so um, they're they're interesting to watch. And I agree with you, Daniel Jones has got potential, um, thrower and as a runner. And I agree with you if they if they put some weapons around him, Evan Ingram's there at tight end, um, and, yeah. and Saquon Saquon needs to get back to one hundred percent because he's just so oh, dynamic. Is this another one? Is yeah, yeah. I, I believe he's. I don't think he got traded at the deadline. I think he's still yeah. there. Um, if they draft well, um, and, and if they, you know, they got to get better on defense. But this NFC is going to be winnable, I think, for a while. And uh, I hope that somebody gets hot, and so it's not an embarrassment. But I looked at next week's schedule, and the Giants go into Seattle. Um, Dallas goes into Baltimore. Washington goes into Pittsburgh, and. 
who's left. Philly. Um, Philly has to take on. Pardon me, I can't find it. No, and listen, I'll, I'll buy you some time here because we, we're guys. We have our little uh, our run through she- sheet here for the um, uh, for the, the show. Philadelphia's on here, but I want to say this: this was announced was it last week going into the game that the the Eagles were going to involve Jalen Hurts in their offense a lot more as the year goes on, and obviously with them losing a lot of games. I, I mean, I, maybe I'm kind of making too much out of it, but, you know, I don't have a lot of insides in with Philadelphia, but that can't spell very good for Carson Wentz if they're going to try to get Jalen. No, I get, I, I agree. Think, Sometimes yeah. They're, they're going to move him in on, you know, sweet plays, this and that, because of his athleticism. But if yeah. I, mean, I assume that, that that's going to be more more snaps at quarterback. And Frank, I, I can't see this being long term very good for, for Carson Wentz's hopes there in Philadelphia. Green Bay, uh, Philadelphia goes into Green Bay. So the, all four teams are on the road with, Playoff matchups, playoff team matchups. So you're going to be probably looking at a, a, an 0 and 4 week for the NFC East, and yeah. the the Giants will stay in first place at 4 and 8. So yeah. I don't know what the remaining schedule holds. Um, you might see 5 and 11 win a division, which is just going to be wow. pathetic. We we've talked about it on past shows. The uh, uh, a couple of years ago, the what the Seahawks were 7 and 9. And beat the twelve and four Saints in a playoff home game just because of you know the, yeah. you get to host a, a home game in the playoffs if you win a division. And we saw you know Marshawn Lynch go beast mode that year and uh, and knock off the Saints. At a seven and nine team um, got to advance in the playoffs, but it's going to be an embarrassment uh, if a five and eleven team. Um, maybe um, five, ten, and one. Maybe six and ten. Six, nine, and one. Maybe um, is your winner. But um, all of those sound bad, and it might make Roger Goodell rethink playoff seating, playoff formatting. Um, I know it might be kind of a just an oddball year, and you don't see it so often, so they might not yeah. panic. But but no, yeah. The, so um, other than that, Bronson, a few more games left to get to. Um, Buffalo, Seattle, and Green Bay, kind of uh, three upper echelon teams this year. They stay hot. They all win. Um, they solidify their playoff positioning. Those three look like playoff locks um, if they haven't Agreed. clinched. So they're getting close to clinching playoff bursts. We we talked about the Saints moving to nine and two. Um, those three teams are all at eight and three. Buffalo, Seattle, and Green Bay. So they're looking great. Um, and we saw New England take out Arizona. Um, and they moved to five and six and don't sleep on Cam Newton and Belichick and those guys. Cause uh, you know, Baltimore losing to Pittsburgh, that seventh uh, wild card spot is uh, the Patriots find themselves only a game back. So yeah. they, nobody wants to see them first round in the playoffs just because you never know what Belichick could draw up or film. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> or cheat. Um so the Patriots well, are still. Say those. Don't don't come for me. I didn't the say Patriots. Those. The Patriots are two and five, and my uncle's a Patriots fan. And he he says he might start listening to this, so he's gonna give me some flack for this. But he lives in Boston. But uh, Patriots who are at two and five at one point are now at five and six. So they've won three of four, and they've kind of gotten back into this race. And um, we didn't get really. We talked about it briefly with Thanksgiving. We saw a couple duds. Um, the annual Detroit and Dallas games. They get Thanksgiving every year. Uh, based on their, you know, their history as franchises, the NFL kind of gives them the the Thanksgiving spotlight every year. Um, Houston, uh, the Texans, who kind of are better than their record shows, um, 
they they go to into Detroit and just blow them out 41-25. It was never really a game. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked great in that game. Um, and then Dallas at home, you had to think that they're going to beat kind of a, a poor Washington football team. Andy Dalton's back, and he's serviceable. They weren't going with Ben DiNucci or Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> it was Andy Dalton that was at home. It was Thanksgiving. You can move the 4-7 and seven and take over first place. They lay an egg, and they get blown out by, by Washington. They sit at 3-8. and eight. Uh, still only a game out of first, but I mean, heads are rolling in Dallas. Jerry Jones can't be happy. I heard them talking. Mike McCarthy gets hired there. He's a running, his philosophy is to run the football. And you have Dak Prescott, who, you know, at the time, they're trying to throw the ball too much. You, are you going to give a, a, the money to Dak Prescott? You just, uh, he's that, Mike McCarthy's, a, a, I, I misspoke, he's a passing coach, but they have, a, they have Zeke Elliott who they paid a ton of money. Um, that's just a big mess down there. Jerry Jones needs to quit be, being the GM and just focus on being the owner. Um, I think the Mike McCarthy hire was a poor hire if your philosophy is going to be running. Um, so they're just kind of in shambles. Still a game out of first, like I said. But uh, So Dallas and Detroit both lose at home on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, and... and Finally, Bronson, I just want to say. Well, it, uh, before you move on, because I think I know where you're going to go, I was going to recap on the Dallas game for just a second. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like the McCarthy hire, he's a guy who likes to pass. They want to primarily be a run team based upon the personnel that they have. And Zeke Elliott's been kind of, you know, hit or hit or miss certain weeks. But I, I think one thing that people aren't saying enough of, of uh, Tony Pollard's a bit, week by week is at a point at times been outrunning Zeke. And I feel like, you know, he's getting more of a, a share in the offense and, and he's shown it. But uh, I agree with you, I think, Frank, but I just want to give a, a quick little dap out to Tony Pollard, who's really, really been uh, at times the better running back. And the Detroit loss, getting back to that, and not just a loss, but an embarrassment. Um, and De- Detroit's record this year, I, I don't know, are they three and eight? I don't have it right in front of me. I'm trying to scroll through next week's schedule. They're four and seven. So, yeah. um, you know, but in the, uh, the you know, if they were in the NFC East, they'd be alive. But uh, ever ever I, since that come from behind win against the the Falcons, Frank, it's been kind of they didn't build off of that momentum, and it's just not been good, man. They've uh, and, and their their embarrassing loss on national TV on Thanksgiving actually um, had us see our is our second firing of the year. Um, we we saw yeah, um, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien fired third, third uh, Bill O'Brien and Dan, uh, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. So our third firing of the year, Matt Patricia, the Mr. Pencil in the ear, uh, Bill Belichick disciple, yet another Belichick disciple goes somewhere and fails. Um, he is out, and so is their 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 general manager. So a kind of a house cleaning. And considering mid season, as I say, Frank, you know, considering you know it was Thanksgiving, and I guess you could call it the Last Supper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here uh, all night, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So that wraps up week 12 for the, you know, some of the bigger games that we, uh, that we thought had playoff implications or caught our eye with, you know, something, uh, you know, um, big plays, um, controversies, or like we saw in New Orleans and Denver, just the strangeness where COVID has affected uh, another, another 2020 strange thing where Denver didn't have a quarterback. Um, So that that wraps up our week twelve kind of around yeah, but, the league segment. And I Go know we, we didn't get a chance to get to it due to time constraints, but uh obviously that, that New England that New England game changed everything because of that uh controversial call roughing the passer by Frank Conti's boy. 
Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. Boy, does he look good every week. I had to give him that because I didn't, I you were on him strong at the draft. So I, and I put it in the notes and I was going to skip over it, but I can touch on it quickly. Yeah, just to wrap up. New England is driving tie game. I'm thinking of overtime. Um, no timeouts left. Cam Newton um, just scrambles on one play. He had nothing. He's heading towards the sideline. He picks up five or six yards. There's about 15 seconds left there at midfield, so out of field goal range. And Simmons hits him clearly inbounds. And he's a step or two in the green. And the I think the hit being high is what they had a problem with. He kind of came up with his forearm towards the face mask but that is just so hard to avoid you could see his intent was just to you know kind of nail him in the chest um with a forearm shiver and it got a little bit under the face mask because he's shorter than, than cam newton and uh cam and he was coming from underneath him yeah um they called it a late hit out of bounds it wasn't out of bounds if they would have clarified and said it was for the face mask but it was a bad call and the the, the cardinal sideline was just up in arms because they are fighting for their playoff positioning. They're still in a wild card spot. Yeah. You know, shout out to the Cardinals having a good year. We didn't mention them, but, but uh, they that was a rough call, kind of a homer call in New England. So they escaped to move to five and six. But um, but yeah, that that's about that's about it for week twelve around the league. We we hit a hit upon all the big games, and now much to the chagrin of our national audience, um, Bronson and I want to get into Wednesday afternoon football. Um, due to Frank, COVID, I, I, yeah, I had it. I had it on at work. Uh, we have a TV at, at, at the it's, bank, so I I flipped it on. We had it. We had it. We don't have the, the main <laughs> cable package, but we had. Uh, we have eleven. Yeah. Yes, I had it on. So I was watching. Uh, I was doing work. If any of my superiors are <laughs> listening, I was actually doing work, but it was on, so I, I could hear it. And then, yeah. So yeah, Wednesday afternoon football, Frank. And how we got here, and I'm not going to go too deep into this, was the obviously the COVID stuff. But it was originally at the end when it was all set. Then it was originally supposed to be scheduled for Wednesday night, but NBC had the Rockefeller, uh, the tree lighting. And then we're going to bump that for football. That's what my wife said. She called that. She's like, I bet you Rockefeller Center uh, tree lighting is why they had to move this up. Because yeah. they could have fit it in from five to eight. They could have started the game at five. But you never yeah. know with overtime and injuries. Yeah, but uh, that, they got bumped. So we had, we had Wednesday afternoon football. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, and uh, as we said, Frank, uh, not to hijack, you were going to do the opening there. But uh, obviously, with all of the, the positive COVID tests, J.K. Dobbins, was it Gus Edwards? Obviously, Lamar Jackson was the the biggest highlight. When and obviously in the Steelers side, uh, James Conner. A little late before we started the game, Marquise Pouncey was on was uh, was on that Step as well. To it, Stephon to it. Um, so the list was growing, and uh, I think I was just lucky that we got the game underway. Yeah. You know? yeah. Basically, it's the Steelers, you know, I know they say Steelers versus the Baltimore JV squad, but Pittsburgh mm-hmm. had a lot of key players missing as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, they finally got the game played, Frank. And, uh, yeah, um, I guess you could say uh, some wins are good and some are ugly. And uh, that that's what this was in this case, Frank. Your, your Pittsburgh Steelers moved to 11-0. and zero. And they they defeat uh, a ball a Baltimore Ravens team that was obviously depleted by the virus. Uh, a little bit of a sloppy game. Uh, I could say that happened on both sides, but uh, in the typical Steeler uh, playing down to their opponent kind of deal, that's um, what happened here. But at least they got the win. And uh, um, I mean, before we get into the details, you know, I mean, 
a lot can be said about the game. I'm I'm actually kind of glad that a lot of the players were were also kind of critical of, the, of their own performances and uh, and. And no one kind of, you know, were, were, no one was quick to uh, pat themselves on the back after this kind of performance. Um, and and I think if anyone would have, I think they would have had an answer to our boy Mike T, Mikey T, Mike Tomlin, because, I mean, it's quite it's quite honest that, you know, um, he he was very uh, candid. Do you anything in particular? Uh, sucking. Do you attribute that to anything in particular? Uh, sucking. Do you attribute that he was to hard on them. Uh, yeah, he was right. He was out on that form. That it was sloppy, and I can't like hit the button to stop that. But they're great. But I mean, it, it just wasn't good, Frank. I mean, I were watching that. I'm watching the whole game, and they're just like drop passes galore. I mean, I mean, just really good shots, stuff that can extend drives. It's funny yeah. you mentioned earlier, uh, Frank, the two point uh, conversion play that Mike Lennon had against the Browns when he was at Jacksonville, the part where he was rolling left and he could have very easily ran in the end zone, elected to take that throw, which cost him the interception. Because I, I you know, I'm not trying to be my Ron Jaworski and go back and look at game film, but the, the beginning of the game where Ben throws the ball in the end zone, I thought that was a good place where he could have he could have ran for the end zone. He had all that room. And I know that's not his style anymore because of yeah. you know he's got older and and he's trying to refine his passing game and obviously right. with different you know offensive um offensive influences. Matt Canada was actually uh, almost on the cusp of not making it uh, coaching due to COVID, but he was last second uh, negative test. He was able to be there for the game, but uh, but yeah, I I I compare that Glennon play uh, Frank to that situation where Ben threw the pick in the end zone where he could have ran that in the end zone. I really I, and Ben's a big guy too. It's not like he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get popped at the two yard line, but you know by a right. guy bigger than him. So that was the criticism there. But I thought overall, I mean, uh, it, I mean. The the dick and dunk game that Ben has done all year, it's worked. I know a lot a lot of the the national media has kind of cl- crit- criticized Ben. Uh, That's how Brady won for all those years. <laughs> well, That's like, how the Patriots. Frank Frank is totally shooting me right now as I say <laughs> that. Like he's he's so over it. The look, I wish we could get that look and like put it on Twitter or something. He was so disgusted, yeah, and I was about to go. I was about to go into the fact that. Uh, 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 Chris Sims took a lot of heat from the Steeler Nation because I think on one of the NFL uh, NBC ones he he had the top ten quarterbacks in the league and Ben was not on there. He said Ben didn't impress him enough. All this dink and dunk, he doesn't throw the ball. And Chris that... Sims now he got a job because of his dad. <laughs> so did Collinsworth. Collinsworth's son has a job on NBC now. Yeah. It's like those clones. Bad. They're both clones of their dads. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the, the Dick and Dunk game with the Steelers has been criticized by the national media. Of course, they forget that's how Brady's Brady won right. Super Bowls every year. But Drew Brees uh, does a lot of that too. Yeah, Drew, Michael Thomas gets called the best receiver in the league. Every catch is a quick slant. It's like playing Madden. <laughs> Every once in a while, Bronson knows to shut his mouth and let people go. I can see the anger in Frank. So I was like, I'm shut up and let him go off. And it wasn't because of you. It's a, the national media is driving me nuts saying <laughs> Ben's having a bad year. He has like 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. I, I don't care if the yards per pass. Pro football focus has him rated yeah. low. I don't like a lot of their well, evaluation. Doesn't he run that company or something? He's like, I it's like, a, so, well, I, I believe it. <laughs> Well, it's funny because, like, even he's getting bumped off comeback player of the year because obviously Alex Smith's story is great, but now it's like it's unequivocally Alex Smith was comeback player of the year. So it's like even Ben's getting dogged on that front. It's like right. the national media always loves the dog Ben, and I know this sounds like a Homer thing, but come on, like he's always getting even when the guy does something, you see like he can never get credit for it. But uh, 
<laughs> moving on i feel like we could have had a whole segment of frank just going off on that could people. be my final thoughts maybe i'll switch my <laughs> rant to then not getting love this year Dude, I wish everyone had watched that look of Frank gave me. Just, he <laughs> swatted me away there. Um, a lot of receivers did have some drop balls in this, Frank. Deontay uh, Chase, Johnson I was, yeah. was a rough night for him. Rough night for, for D. Chase Claypool dropped some key balls. Yeah. But the man, if there was one guy, I guess, who, who stood out, the man, the myth, the legend, the king of being Liddy, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, touch had a, uh, was at least a one touchdown grab there, Frank. I, I thought yeah, maybe, maybe... that. And, and how about James Washington's big catch that clinched? Yes, it? absolutely. So good, good for him because I want to see him get involved in the offense more. I want to see everyone. It's it's tough because the ball can only go around to so many people. But I want to see everyone eat. I want to see Claypool get named Juju, Deontay Johnson, Ebron, Ebron, yeah. even Vance McDonald when he gets a chance to get in there. It, if all those guys can get clicking, I mean, then then it's like the possibilities are endless. Obviously, um, you know, I'm kind of just taking all these. These we're going to hit these bullet points point by point. James Conner was unfortunately unable to play due to the, the the positive COVID diagnosis. So Benny Snell Jr. Benny Snell football had a chance to showcase what he could do. And like I said, I don't necessarily blame it always on the running back for a bad game. And granted, he didn't have one of his finer moments, but uh, um, he did. He did have some good key runs there too, Frank. Um, yeah, yeah, he kind of he, he chewed up clock late in the game yeah. for them. He he had that huge stiff arm on Marcus Peters where he flattened him. I love oh, that. So. No question about that. Yeah. That was a horrible play. I mean, and actually, you can't really blame him because I mean the Steelers were depleted on the offensive line, and I know Baltimore was. Are you, you're certainly not going to get any any sympathy from Baltimore. No. But uh, but but you know Pouncey being out, um, and obviously I'm trying to think who else was out on the offensive line. I mean, I think some of them were injury related too. But mid game they lost um, Chuksakora for yeah Chuksakora and uh, Kevin Dotson, the rookie out of Houston, uh, had to come in. I think yeah. he did admirably. And the, the center that replaced uh, Pouncey, I can't even remember his name. He's a down the liner, but I think he did okay. Yeah, he. I think he was serviceable. Like I said, it was it was ugly. You know, as Dick Vitale said, "It's ugly, baby," with a capital U. But it was it was enough. It was enough for the win. And uh, and I'll kind of let you, know, Frank. What did you think about all the you know those the the defense? Uh, but some key key plays, especially that uh the the was it the, the Joe Hayden pick? Yeah, um, pick six. Yeah, the Joe Hayden pick. Uh, off of uh, RG3. What did you think about their defense and kind of going up in there? Eventually, they, they pulled RG3 for uh, the former Penn State Nittany Lion, Trace McSorley, and he seemed to kind of get things cooking on that. Granted, on, on the, uh, the Mop-up duty a little yeah. bit. But... Yeah, the the Edmonds trip there, which caused led to the touchdown. But what did what did you think so far? I've kind of hijacked this whole thing, so I guess I'm gonna turn. No, it it's over. fine. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's it's fine. I all, all great points. Um, the game obviously had a weird feel being on a Wednesday afternoon, being 23 yeah. out of 23 out of 53 Ravens were, were unable to play. So they were kind of going with backups to backups and the Steelers, the line went from five to, I think, and a half. So Vegas knew that the Steelers, uh, you know, were the big favorites in this game. We were only missing a couple guys and uh, we had our quarterback, which is so key. Um, kind of trading of field goals early on kept Baltimore alive. Um I thought a poor coaching decision early by Tomlin to go for it on fourth and one at the at the goal line, fourth and goal at the one. I I think you take points. It was after um, RG three fumbled, big turnover. You want to turn that into points. Tomlin never seems to settle for field goals, and when you miss those fourth and goals, they give the other team so much momentum. Now the one positive is you got them pinned up to the to the one where you could possibly get a safety or. 
and I, I kind of, I looked bad because I, I ripped him on Facebook right away and said, what are you doing? Uh, take the points here, Tomlin. But uh, Baltimore was so backed up on the like, next play, um, RG3 throws a pick six to Hayden. Now, you can't always expect that to happen. I think you still, you, in hindsight, you got to take the three points and convert points off of turnovers and get the, the momentum rolling. Yeah. Don't give ball. Don't give Baltimore any chance to get a goal line stop and get momentum in a game where you're the favorite. I didn't like that coaching decision. Um, Boswell missed an extra point, which you don't want to see. It was kind of a sloppy kind of like, what was it? 12, seven forever. It was like a 12, seven score. And I yeah, kept and all thinking, the big, he's like a, a pit. It's like, they're just letting them yeah. lounge around, laying, laying around. Yeah. So I saw 12, seven forever. And I'm like, you know, we just got to get this to, to 19, seven. If we can get one more score, we should wrap this up. So we, you know, we get that. I think it was a juju touchdown. It was, it was nice. I was like, we sealed this Um, defense is playing great. Obviously TJ Watt was in the backfield all day. And uh, our secondary is looking great with Minka and Nelson and Hayden and Hilton. And how about the one play where Cam Hayward just like mauled RG three. Like he just like, it was, we just the Steelers. This I just almost said we again. The Steelers are just you know they're defense first and Ben doing enough on offense and they've had eleven games and they've won them all just because you know a lot of people are saying the schedule's been super easy but they've you know they beat Deshaun Watson in Houston that team is better than their record like I said um, they swept Baltimore it is what it is with the you know the second game being a, a shorthanded Ravens team but uh, wins over Cleveland wins over Tennessee. The Jacksonville um, it, gave me like, that was the week before Jacksonville had given Green Bay all they could handle more. Yeah, so <laughs> any given Sunday you can any anybody can beat anybody. You play the schedule in front of you, and they've won them all. So, and one good thing about the Steelers we've been mentioning is the, the Chiefs are right on their heels at ten and one. So, we're not even we're not even looking at it as a, an undefeated thing. It's just stay ahead of the Chiefs. So, like, because as you mentioned, we want that playoff game if it comes down to it to be at Heinz Field, no fans, but just being comfortable at home, making Mahomes travel, be on the road. Um, your 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 home your home comfortable stadium and all that. So, yeah, the defense was great, Bronson. It was an odd game. Trace McSorley did come in late, and um, like you said, a kind of a fluke play. They got the touchdown. Tomlin wasn't happy about it. It got Baltimore back in the game down 19, which ended up. Um, yeah. So it got them within a score with like four or five minutes left. So you're thinking if Baltimore gets a stop in the ball back, a touchdown beats the Steelers. And I, I, said, I said to my wife watching the game, I said, this is going to be our loss. Like you watch, it's going to kind of be like – you know, karma for the Steelers to lose this game, but uh, they they were able to make enough stops. Baltimore punted a few times. Harbaugh chose to punt late in the game. I said, boy, they're still, you know, do they think that they're going to get it back? So they punted it away to the Steelers and we were able to salt it away with that big James Washington catch that I mentioned. It was about third and 12 or something. And Ben kind of backpedaled and threw off his back foot. And he just threw up a prayer, kind of a, he lofted it in between three Raven defenders. And it just, it dropped right into Washington who went up and high pointed the ball and just took, and that was huge. Cause that was another three downs. The Steelers could just eat, eat clock and kill the two minute warning and kill the Ravens timeouts. And, um, we were able to actually, I thought the Ravens were going to get one more chance, but they reviewed that spot and gave the Steelers a first down. Yeah. Which, 
Harbaugh was incensed. I didn't think they would. Um, they never move the the spot on a review, but this time they did, and they that was it. The Steelers were able to kneel down. I thought we were going to have to punt with about twenty yeah. seconds, left, and it would have taken a miracle. But I was at that I was point, happy. At that point, that. I was driving home, and I heard the radio call, and they were like, they like he like was close. He wasn't close to the first. Yeah. And so everyone in the booth, Tunch Wolf, and 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 and, and uh, uh, Bill Hogrove were. Uh, um, they were flabbergasted when they gave them the first yeah. down. So that, that was, I was huge... too. It, it was, it was literally like an eyelash yeah. and they were short by an eyelash and they measured it and they said fourth down and I, it was under two minutes. So the booth reviewed it and they moved it. It's, it's, it's crazy. That's why a lot of fans are saying the refs are helping the Steelers. A lot of non-Pittsburgh fans, the, the refs are yeah. the Steelers. It's always the refs. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that that's my take on it. Uh, the Steelers get to eleven to zero. They stay one game ahead of Kansas City. Uh, it was ugly, but you know, as my as one of my favorite broadcasters, Bob Airy says, they don't draw pictures on the scorecard. It goes in the books as a win. Yeah. Um, next next up, Washington football team, another winnable game. Uh, they are a four and seven team with Alex Smith at quarterback. It's not going to be super easy. No. I don't predict. A, I don't predict a blowout. Washington's going to come in and, and, and give us a game. But Steelers have a shot at going twelve and zero, which is I, insane. I think. I think. I think uh, even with this game, I think if Pittsburgh had just trounced Baltimore and like ran the score up on them, I think this could be a game you really could be scared of. I think with. Um, with the with with the lackluster performance of some of the players and some of the lack of execution on offense, I think they're gonna stay, they're gonna stay in the film room. That coaches are gonna be on them yeah. this week in practice. And this yeah. game, this game is what I don't, has it been official? I assume they're gonna move it to Monday. Monday at five. So okay. at least at least it's after work. Yeah. Um, it's Monday at five, which is another strange one, though, which makes which benefits Washington, I think, because anytime you're an underdog, some like a strange start time might help them. So, yeah, I mean, I def- definitely don't take them for granted, and uh, it should be a good one. Obviously, uh, seeing how see how Alex Smith will perform. Um, uh, it, it just the Washington football team. Obviously, they've always been a team that I've kind of like. Like this kind of team, you kind of pull for like the underdogs, but obviously not this week. I'm not going to, but but uh, hopefully it's a good game, and uh, you know, obviously on our side, hopefully Pittsburgh becomes comes good on the end of that. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens on Monday, and obviously Frank, when you have the the knockdown drag out battles you have with Baltimore, uh, sometimes there's something you know theoretically theoretical war. There's some casualties of war. One of them was uh, was Bud Dupree, who uh, yeah. unfortunately uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss for the rest of the year with an ACL tear. Uh, he's gonna join um, uh, uh, Bush on the on the IR, missing the year with an ACL tear. So there goes yeah. another, a key player on that Steeler defense going down. And as Tomlin always says, the Steelers mantra: "The next man up." The standard is the standard, and. And that'll be what will be needed to defeat Washington, and 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 uh, obviously coming ahead because you think about it right now, you're going to have Pittsburgh and Washington on Monday, and then the Sunday night game against Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of big key games there for the Steelers. That's the one um, people were circling as the potential first loss. We could be twelve and zero and go into a nine and three Buffalo, you know, on the road. That yeah. that's going to be one of the tougher ones, but uh, especially now with Dupree gone, you're missing. A, a rusher and an inside linebacker. 
it's 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 a tough blow because when you go up against Mahomes, or maybe if we're fortunate enough to beat Mahomes, and then we get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Drew Brees in the Super Bowl, um, and that's also if we get through our divisional round game. Not to put the cart before the horse, but if the Steelers got some tougher offensive opponents coming up, um, if we get into the playoffs and make a deep run, you, you just want you want to have all your all your bullets in the holster, and and they just they're not going to have it at linebacker. So it's unfortunate, and for Bud Dupree also to get franchise tag and not have that long-term deal in guaranteed money. I, I feel bad. I, not that I feel bad for somebody making millions, but if you put it into pro football perspective, he was going to get paid. And now I don't know, he might get another one year deal from the Steelers next year uh, yeah. to prove, to prove that his knees healed and then test free agency after 2021. But bad, bad luck for him as he was going into possibly, you know, finally cashing in on a long-term guaranteed money deal. Now he's out for the year. So, well, that wraps up uh, Steelers Ravens Bronson. Um, a quick peek ahead. Um, we'll probably be breaking some down some of these games next next podcast. But um, uh, as we mentioned, the Steelers have Washington, so it should be one. If everything goes well, Steelers stay focused because they looked bad against Baltimore. Um, they don't look ahead. They they should get past Washington. Get to twelve and zero. Um, the, the game of the week might be Cleveland Tennessee. Uh, both yeah. at eight. Both at eight and three, Tennessee leading the AFC South, Cleveland uh, kind of leading that AFC wild card hunt. Um, this game could, if Cleveland wins it, pretty much clinch them a wild card spot. Um, if Tennessee wins it, they really are in the driver's seat in the AFC South. So that's going to be a great game, a good old fashioned run game with Derrick Henry against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who we talked about. Um, yeah. That's that's a huge. I hope that one's on. If not, I'll be watching Red Zone. Those are those are two big ones, and then. One other one that I circled is the Giants in Seattle. It's your boy, Colt, Colt McCoy. Um, going into Seattle, the Giants is a first-place matchup. It's a first-place Giants against a first-place Seahawks, and uh, we'll see what the Giants are made of with Colt McCoy. Can they hang with Seattle and kind of give that NFC East a little bit of respect back? So that one's a, a decent tilt to, to look out for. And then you know, down the road after that, we talked about Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo, <coughs> Kansas City right on our hills. They do have two of their five games remaining. Kansas City has um, they have to go to Miami and they have to go to New Orleans. Those are two playoff teams. If they could stumble in one of those and fall to a 14 and two. And if the Steelers only stumble once and finish 15 and one. Uh, the Steelers cannot, uh, you know, wrap up that number one seed and, and much needed buy because they haven't had it since week four. So that's what that's I'm a big ask, real- Frank. That's a big ask. I'm, uh, I'm pulling for the Steelers to only <laughs> lose to Buffalo and go 15 and one. Well, and K- Kansas City to lose one more because if we tie at 15 and one or 14 and two, I think the Chiefs have the tiebreaker. So that might change. I mean, yeah, Buffalo, but don't forget, you know, don't sleep on those Indy Colts. They did defeat yeah, the Packers. The Colts come in here and they'll be playing for their playoff lives. They're still in the wild card hunt. Phillip Rivers has come into Heinz Field and won before. So the Colts is a tough game. And then, like you said, at Cleveland, it's going to be yeah. tough. So the Steelers have five left. Um, Washington uh, and Buffalo and Cleveland and Indy. Um, I'm missing one more. Cincinnati. They have to go into Cincinnati still. We go into Cincinnati. I know maybe Ryan Finley, but you know we're on the road. Divisional opponent. So (laughs) we usually do well in Cincinnati. I think Roethlisberger's like, you know, I think he's like 17 and three all time there. But uh, 
But the Steelers, they they really need to probably go fifteen and one, and then hope that the Chiefs lose one more because you don't want to be tied and and, think, and have to deal with tiebreakers. The only way I think Kansas City's at danger going down to Hard Rock Stadium is if, is if when Tua comes back from injury. I think if if Tua can play, I think then they they might be they might they might be in a little bit of a dogfight there. Obviously, going to New Orleans at the at the Superdome. Um, yeah, if it's Taysom Hill, if it's Taysom Hill, they have a so shot. It's an environment, yeah. If Bree somehow comes back from the broken ribs by then, um, yeah. obviously the Saints have a better shot. But um, I, I give the, the Saints defense a chance to, uh, at home to kind of slow down Mahomes. So we'll see. But that wraps up NFL talk for us. Johnson, we went over uh, our week ten, our week twelve scores. We broke down Steelers Ravens, and we kind of took a peek ahead. So. We're kind of going to get a little bit off of, of NFL. We talk, we, it, it dominated our show, and we just want to touch upon a few other leagues. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention at all, Bronson. There's been some off-season moves in hockey. We did talk about a lot of the new faces and new places in hockey. Um, right, right around uh, the end of the season, those moves started flying in. But now baseball and basketball has joined the fray. We had the NBA draft. Um, number one overall was that, was it Anthony... Anthony Edwards, I don't even know. I want to say, yeah, Anthony Talk Edwards from Georgia. Um, we saw James Wiseman, the big center from Memphis, go number two to Golden State. They're trying to get back to that dynasty. And then we saw one of the the flashier picks was uh, was the Ball Kid, um, um, Lamelo Ball went number three to Charlotte. Um, kind of funny because Michael Jordan, Lavar Ball, you know their famous uh, kind of idiot father. Um, has said he would challenge Michael Jordan to one-on-one and beat him. And uh, now he's, his son works for Michael Jordan, who owns the Charlotte Hornets. So that was kind of a funny, a funny happening there. But um, So the NFL, the NBA has the shortest offseason in, in major sports history. Um, it's only like a 70-day offseason since uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis hoisted the Larry O'Brien trophy in the Orlando bubble, uh, defeating the Miami Heat in six games. Um, their season gets underway December 22nd. So free the draft happened, free agency started. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to be seeing that's the preseason get underway in a couple of days. And then NBA tip off with a full slate of Christmas day games on Christmas, which is kind of the unofficial start of the NBA season anyway, usually. Um, so they're getting right back to it. LeBron James was was not happy about that. He he wants time to rest the body, and he's you know, been critical of Adam Silver trying to start this too quick. But uh, they're going to be in their normal arenas. I don't think they're going back to a bubble, limited or no fans. I would imagine, like we're seeing with baseball this year and with uh, with with the NFL. But um, one major deal, Bronson Houston has traded Russell Westbrook. So uh, the Rockets are kind of breaking that up. They kind of they they tried to build a super team down there with uh, Russell Westbrook and James. They passed the first round, so they make a big splash and they kind of go point guard for point guard. They get John Wall from the Wizards. So Russell Westbrook heading to the Eastern Conference. Uh, he'll team up with Bradley Beal and the Wizards and try to get a super team going there to kind of challenge the the Heat and the Bucks and the Raptors. And the Celtics, so maybe throw Washington into the the, the Wizards into that fray with jo- uh, with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal now, but uh, other than that, there haven't been any major moves. We saw this is what this is Russ's third team in three years. And, and yeah, third team. And what does that kind of tell you that maybe he's he's like an OBJ? He's kind of a personality that's hard to deal with. So yeah. he, 
Houston, Houston might try to start over with John Wall and James Harden now. Harden has been vocal wanting out of Houston himself, and he is actually trying to pick his own destination. A lot of these players, he's acting like Antonio Brown, just acting like they can choose where they can go. He vetoed the Buffalo Bills deal. He went to Oakland and destroyed that just so he could get to New England. James Harden's trying to do the same thing. He wants to play in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Durant. They want to build a, 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 a trio there of the likes of uh, the Celtics had with uh, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Um, and what you see Golden State with Steph and Clay and Draymond and um, LeBron and, and, Boston K- <laughs> and, K- and KD was in Golden State too. They had a big yeah. four. And yet you're right. The, the kind of the one of the, the, the second one, Boston started it. And then you saw LeBron join Bosch and Wade. Um, if you put Harden and Durant and I, Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, first of all, who takes a shot? That's a tough, tough call there. Like who's going to, is there enough balls to go around in that, in those games? But Houston's ownership has said that they won't crack. They're not going to, they're not going to, uh, listen to Harden's demand. They're going to try to make it work there. Maybe this John Wall pickup. Maybe they have chemistry and Harden. Want, maybe Harden and Westbrook had um, some some tension, and and Harden will be okay with trying it with John Wall. But uh, that that's uh, the NBA hasn't been too busy. Some other minor deals. Um, Drew Holiday went from New Orleans to Milwaukee for Eric Bledsoe, and I thought that was kind of an even up deal because I don't think Drew Holiday's that great. Some people are saying Drew Holiday and Giannis, they're going to be a great duo there. That's going to take Milwaukee over the top, but I, I'm not a huge Drew Holiday fan. I kind of followed the Pelicans last year because I'm a big Zion fan and uh, not not overly impressed with Drew Holiday. And we saw Chris Paul um, go to another destination. He went from Oklahoma City to Phoenix. Yeah. So Chris Paul, Chris Paul joins DeAndre Ayton and um, Devin Booker and that and that group in Phoenix who's up and coming and they're going to be in the playoffs. They went to the bubble and they actually went eight and zero in the bubble and missed the playoffs by one game. They had to win all eight games and they did it, but they still missed the playoffs by like a, a half game time. So Phoenix is coming, and they they add Chris Paul. So look out for the Suns next year. I'm kind of be going to be watching that team closely. I've always been a big Chris Paul fan myself too. So, but uh, the NBA is getting right back underway. We'll probably talk about that opening tip uh, a couple shows from now, um, if we get together on. Uh, and every two weeks we should be due to meet on like New Year's Eve ish. So the NBA yeah. will be the NBA will be a weekend. So um, so yeah, there, there's that, and then. I'll, I'll get through uh, baseball quickly, Bronson, because I know you're itching to talk about some some WWE and some AEW wrestling. Um, but just to update our fans on what's going on in the world of baseball uh, off season, there haven't been too many big moves yet. Um, we haven't seen the big free agent shoes drop yet with Trevor Bauer, uh, JT Real Muto, George Springer, uh, Marcel Ozuna. We haven't seen anybody go anywhere, and when the first guy goes, we might see a you know a rush of guys. DJ Lemayhew still hasn't picked a destination, um, so DD Gregorius is out there. Liam Hendricks, Blake Trinan, some relievers, Brad Hand. Um, so there hasn't been a big splash signing or trade yet in the baseball season. We've seen a few new managers. Uh, we see the seventy-something-year-old Tony Larusa get back into the ball yeah, game. I saw that. He will be managing the White Sox, a young up and coming team that you know made the playoffs, and they're 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 threatening for a World Series. A lot of people are picking them to go all the way, and they they get a guy with a pedigree with World Series rings in La Russa. 
Will he be able to adjust to the new games? I mean, he's like old enough to be these players' grandfathers. So he, uh, Tony La Russa managed, he actually managed the White Sox in the, the late 70s, early 80s. So it's his second stint there. Um, and then we saw, oddly enough, once again, MLB not really handling this Astros cheating scandal all that well. They really botched uh, it. Oh, you talk about the AJ Hinch going to Detroit. AJ Hinch serves his one year suspension and he's eligible to return and Detroit gives them a deal. And Detroit, as soon as the final out of the world series was made, they said they called AJ Hinch because you have to wait until the world series is over to make any moves. Some people are joking and saying like the last out of the world series, they picked up their phone. I think it was the next morning, but, uh, yeah. AJ Hint will be the new skipper in Detroit with the Tigers. And then we saw uh, Alex Cora get rehired by the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, they just they brought fired. him back. They just he, brought him back. Yeah. He agreed to step down due to the scandal, uh, serve his one-year suspension. They went with Ron Renicky in the interim. Uh, they didn't renew Renicky, and a lot of people were speculating, would it be Will Venable, who was a, the Cubs vet bench coach, uh, or Jason Veritek, the former catcher of the Red Sox? But they actually they just rehire Cora, and then they bring over Will Venable, uh, Venable to be his bench coach. So. I feel bad for Will Venable. He's been a guy that's been, uh, you know, talked about becoming a manager, but he 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 can't. Yeah, maybe a couple good years in Boston, he gets a, a head gig somewhere. But that's about it, Bronson. We we talked about some hockey moves. There hasn't been any huge ones since our last show. Um, that's been the few moves in the NBA. Look for that to get started in a couple of weeks, and then you know maybe next show we'll have some of these big name free agents in in baseball to talk about. So. I've I've hijacked the segment, Bronson. You go ahead and, and and talk about. I know you wanted to talk about some WWE, some AEW. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been one. You know, I've been trying to watch, talking a lot about wrestling on here. But uh, if you were a wrestling fan Wednesday, you know, if you're a Steeler fan and you were a wrestling fan, man, Wednesday was the day for you. You had uh, you had uh, the Steelers beating the Ravens, and then I don't know, you know, Frank, if you watch, uh, if you peek on the wrestling here and there, but uh. AEW had a big event called uh, there's like the winter is coming or something. It was like a kind of like a mini pay-per-view. They, uh, mm-hmm. they uh, had a big match. Uh, they had a Kenny Omega versus for the AEW world title. Um, and one thing Frank happened uh, for the first time on Turner network television that has yet to, ha- that had not happened since March of 2001, Frank, what were we doing in March of 2001? We were, we were still in high school, I think eighth grade, ninth grade. Yeah. Because yeah. that was around nine eleven, I yeah. know. I was in ninth ninth grade for that. Yep. Yeah. So, and and the one thing appeared on TNT television that hasn't happened since March twenty sixth of two thousand and one, and that is this. Sting from the Raptors. Yeah. Sting appeared on AEW television. Isn't he like a hundred years old now? He turned his upper 50s. <laughs> no, no, this is from last night. Did he have the classic face paint? And, and yes, there, I'll show you. Like, oh, it disappeared. Yeah, I'm he had the same online now. Yeah, and uh, that was a, a goof at uh, former WCW announcer Tony Schiavone. He's now one of the announcers of Ring of uh, AEW, not Ring of Honor, AEW, and his signature, it's Sting! <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he got to say that for the first time since March of 2001. Um, Sting made his appearance in AEW Wrestling, 
Uh, he saved Cody Rhodes from an attack from uh, Taz and his cohorts, uh, Ricky Starks, uh, Hobbs, and um, uh, the Machine Brian Cage. They they uh, they flood the ring, but it was a big announcement that Sting uh, his actually his deal with WWE ran out just a little bit ago. Uh, he was on a kind of a Legends deal. Frank he had a little cup of coffee in WWE, performed at WrestleMania, Wrestle Triple H. Um, a lot of that Legends deal, Frank. When these guys retire or kind of not the things he hasn't not he is he's always said he never never retired, but when these guys kind of stop being full time wrestlers, they sign these Legends deals with WWE, and basically it means like they release action figures, they put them in the video games, mm-hmm. you know, things like that to kind of have their, their likeness. Uh, an appearance once in a while. At yeah, appearances here. Yeah, yeah. bigger pay per views. Um, Sting's deal with WWE ran out, and so uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and uh, who run AEW, but the the main boss there is Tony Khan, the fa- the son of Shad Khan, who owns the Jaguars. Mm. He uh, AEW's a lot of his money pumped into it, and uh, Tony Khan's the CEO of AEW. They talked to Sting; they were able to sneak him in there, and he made his big appearance uh, uh, last night on AEW Dynamite on their big kind of mini pay per view kind of show. Uh, so Sting made an appearance. It was announced after he signed a quote multi year uh, full time deal with AEW. And Frank, obviously during COVID, all the shows are being broad uh, broadcasted out of Florida. You know. In a normal year of wrestling, they go on the road, they do live events, they do pay-per-views on the road, but they're all running out of the same uh, building. NXT is running out of that Capitol Center down in Florida. They run, uh, Raw and SmackDown are run out of the Performance Center down there in Orlando. And AEW runs a little place called Daly's Place. It's like a, it's like an amphitheater, kind of like a, a arena slash. It's a, it has a roof, but it's there's also a big wide open gap on the side of it. It's like a you know an amphitheater. They run that. That's actually right right next to the uh, Jaguar Stadium, and I think that's owned by the Cons. So they run that every week. But um, I'm sure Sting likes the deal. You know, it's 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 a very he, he doesn't have to work very much. I assume he'll do some sort of program of wrestling uh, where he'll be in the ring. We'll find out. A sure, I'm sure at a, at a at a future point in time. I'm sure he'll explain why he appeared in AEW and what he plans to do when all he's there. Um, that was a big news there on the same show, Frank. The main event: John Moxley, formerly known as jo- uh, Dean Ambrose in WWE, the current at the time current AEW World Heavyweight Champion, uh, lost a match to Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, who came from um, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Frank. He was a guy not really known well in the states, but his matches in Japan have uh, have received critical appraise from everyone around the world of pro wrestling. He's a guy from Canada. Um, if you get a chance to Google Kenny Omega, I recommend it. He's he's always known as the quote big bout machine. And I know you don't know too much about wrestling, but basically, um, the announcer during the match was a guy named Don Callis. He was in WWE for years as a manager. Yeah, he's a, he's a good mind of wrestling. Him and Kenny Omega from Winnipeg, and that obviously has his Jericho. So they've always played that Winnipeg connection. Well, well, Don Callis for the last couple of weeks has been uh, commentating on Omega's matches, and which makes it weird. Frank is that Don Callis is one of the uh, the um, big leaders of the another wrestling organization called Impact Wrestling, formerly TNA. I'm sure you've heard of them. They're right. on Axe yeah. TV. So they're kind of like, why is this guy? He's running another wrestling company, but he's he's announcing Kenny Omega's matches, which makes sense because him and Kenny Omega are friends. Mm-hmm. Well, they did a, they did an angle last night, Frank, where um, Don Callis faked an injury and actually tossed Kenny Omega a microphone with the referee's back turned. He hit Moxley in the head, split him open, and won the won the won the the, the belt, the, the AEW World Title. And then him and Callis like ran out of the arena, and Tony Khan's <laughs> like, hey. So basically, they get into a limousine, and and uh, Callis goes, you know, we cheated you all. He goes, if you want to know what happens, tune in next Tuesday to Impact Wrestling on Axis. Oh TV. wow! 
they've kind of hijacked the title and now it's on this other wrestling program which what a I'm controversy sure. yeah so i guess you have to watch t yeah and um impact wrestling next week to figure out what happened there uh so they're gonna do i guess this promotional rivalry like when they did, did wwe versus WCW. monday night wars yeah, yeah they're gonna kind of do some sort of interpromotionals which i assume yeah. some AEW guys will be on impact and some impact guys will be on AEW. that seems to be where that's gonna head and i'm, I'm looking forward to see where that goes um and the last thing obviously is um r.i.p and uh uh, hashtag thank you taker the undertaker um if you are a big time wrestling fan know that uh his last match was at wrestlemania against aj styles in a quote boneyard match it was a uh, cinematic match frank where it was kind of like shot like a hollywood action scene so there was cutaways and things like that it was taped it was obviously it was taped but during these three or four year period frank of the undertaker wrestling i think longer than that i guess he had camera crews following him around backstage and in his personal life and whatnot and that all came to a all came to a head when wwe premiered this uh documentary series on the network called uh the last ride it's about the undertaker retiring basically the last four or five wrestlemanias he'd been backstage and shows his, his interaction not necessarily undertaker the character but mark calloway the man and his wife and his kids and his interaction with wwe and and the final episode which i actually have not watched all of them yet but i'm almost done he announces that he's done he's done wrestling and he's gonna retire he says never say never but as far as he concerned it was over but then it, it all came ahead to survivor series frank which um 30 years ago, 1990, the, the Thanksgiving day of 1990, The Undertaker debuted in WWE. So it was 30 years, a 30-year career of The Undertaker. Uh, uh, he came out and uh, cut a promo and said uh, said a lot of things. He said, laid souls to rest, but uh, it's now time for The Undertaker to rest in peace. And he walked out of the arena and uh, kind of lost its luster, Frank, with no fans. Um you know, the fans there would have, would have made it much better, but they did what they could with it. The Undertaker is done. I think it's time, um, you know, 30 years, you know, Mark Calloway, the man is in his late fifties. He's had hip surgeries, knee surgeries, any kind of surgeries. The guy's definitely given his, his body and his, you know, his soul, no pun intended to the business. And I think it's now time for him to kind of reap the benefits of being the undertaker. He's actually been out of character. Frank, he's done interviews on like Bill Simmons podcast. He's been on ESPN. He's been on like Fox sports. He's been talking as Mark Calloway, the man and not necessarily as the undertaker. So mm-hmm. he's talking as that guy. And I think it's good for him. He doesn't have to pretend to be a character everywhere for years. He can kind of go down and have a drink at his local bar or whatever and not have to worry about, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's all, he'll always be called The Undertaker, but he kind of gets to live his life. He he has other endeavors outside of wrestling that he wants to pursue as well. So I'm sure he's enjoying that. And just a big tribute to The Undertaker, 30 years. I'm sure, Frank, even you as a non-huge wrestling fan, but you're a casual fan. Everyone who's mm-hmm. a casual fan knows who The Undertaker is and what a, what a what an awesome persona and character he was and the many stories and angles and obviously Kane, the Undertaker's uh, storyline brother, Kane, Glenn Jacobs, who's now the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. He took <laughs> politics, so it's weird. You know, they had a sit-down interview with each other and obviously Paul Bear factored into that, Who Paul Bear who passed away a couple years ago. Um, uh, so... Just a big, and I, I, I could talk for ten hours, Frank, but I, I can't do justice to the the career of, of of the Undertaker and the sacrifices that Mark Calloway, the man, uh, di- uh, went to 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 keep this character protected and to to really make this Undertaker character one of the most iconic characters, not only I think of wrestling, Frank, but of, but of, but of TV history. So, uh, hashtag thank you Taker and R.I.P. to the Undertaker, and um, I think this is it. I think it's the last ride, and uh, the guy like the Undertaker. 
No, such an iconic figure. And like you said, I'm a casual fan, but I was, I was a big fan during the attitude era and he was, he, he was around then. And I remember having the action figures and the, you know, you saw the t-shirts and he was just like such a imposing figure at seven foot tall and all the antics he did in the dark and hiding under the, uh, under the ring and then the coffins and just the choke slam, the choke slam and the the pile driver, like two iconic moves. And other than, other than like, you know, like flair and, and, and Hogan and Austin rock and, and Shawn Michaels, you you got kind of put, I actually want to see it between rocket or Austin rock and, 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 uh, Hogan, he's probably the most iconic character after those three. Yeah, he's he's definitely in the top ten of all time, I would say. And we <laughs> remember, we all remember the the WrestleMania streak where he was undefeated. They did finally uh, have him lose to Brock Lesnar to kind of, I don't know why Legitim- they legitimate yeah. legitimize Lesnar, which he really yeah. didn't. But I know, so that was always a, a huge deal with him. So. I, I echo that sentiment. Um, congratulations on his retirement. Um, hopefully, he has some type of legends deal where we might see him again yeah, and in some c- certain appearances. I don't, I don't know if he'll ever dress up and do the part again, like you said, because he kind of put that to bed and he's he's Mark Calloway now. But uh, hopefully, he sticks around. We see him do interviews, do documentaries, things he'll like be in the that. Hall of fame. I'm sure that that, that that'll be a big night. Yeah, that'll yeah. be a big night. So, Bronson, since you got to. Um, since you you just talked, I'll kind of reverse it, and we're, we're yeah. going to move into our final segment, which is a, a fan favorite, our final thoughts. I'll let you catch your breath, and I'll go first. We're going to reverse the order here because um, you were just talking about wrestling so eloquently there. But uh, my, my final thought tonight is going to be um, about the NFL and COVID-19. And, um, you know, there's there's been no right answer how to handle this. It's a pandemic that the world has you know never seen. Uh, the sporting world was not prepared to deal with this, and I don't blame any of these sports. Um, they are trying their best, but I'm just going to pick on the NFL a little bit and kind of give what I – and I'm just a guy doing a, a, a fun little podcast. I don't know – I'm not saying I know any better than Roger Goodell and the people running the NFL, but kind of kind of strange – and I'm I'm going to kind of get a little bit critical of the uh, the handling of the Steelers Ravens situation, how they handled Steelers Titans earlier in the year. Um, just I I think that they could have had a Week 18 uh, situation in place, and they still might go to this, where you have a a couple extra weeks. You move the playoffs back, you move the Super Bowl back, and you kind of move these games around to different weeks. Uh, the Steelers are now going to have if they make it to the Super Bowl, 16, 17 games in a row without a bye. Um, they should get the bye before the Super Bowl that they, that normally is there. But uh, they, they really want to clinch that home field advantage and get that, that bye for the playoffs, which is being talked about. That being removed, if COVID affects any more games, they might add a, an eighth playoff team, which is going to hurt your one seeds. And I don't think you should punish the one seeds. If the Saints are lucky enough to get it, if the Steelers stay on this pace and get it, they deserve that first round by that in the playoffs. It was only going to be one team. Uh, the new format, seven teams make the playoffs. One team gets a bye. And the Steelers were going to hopefully earn that. And if uh, they really need it because, you know, injuries, they mount. And since COVID had to move their bye week to week four, they're going to be on a long, long stretch. So I really I'm, – I'm, I'm, Going out to the NFL now and saying, please don't change and add an eighth playoff team. The one seeds deserve the bye. I know I'm a little biased because I'm a Steeler fan, and they they sit in that spot right now. Um, 
if I was a Steeler fan and they were the eight seed, I'd probably be calling for it. But uh, um, I, I hope they don't add a playoff team. I hope they, if they have any more outbreaks, I'm tired of seeing these Wednesday games, these Tuesday games, these Monday afternoon games. Um, make it work by by adding a week 18. Um, move the move the games to the end of the year instead of going with these cancellations, postponements. It was almost like they were waiting to see if Lamar Jackson could play. Like they were angling, is Lamar ready? Can can we push it back? Can we push it back? And and that's not fair either. So it's kind of just been a mess. It's been a cluster. Um, again, I will, I won't be, I won't bury Goodell in the NFL offices too much because there's just no precedent. There's no, I, the only thing I'll say is they had time. They've, they've known this since March, April, and they really could have gotten to the drawing board and said, what are, what are our contingency plans if there's an outbreak? But, um, there's still talk too. if this, if this, um, kind of this trend of the, the spike, the second wave of COVID continues, um, is the NFL going to have to go to a bubble? Are they going to have to stop travel and have all these playoff games be at certain hub cities? Um, that may hurt, you know, a Pittsburgh that gets home field advantage, Heinz field, no fans. Yes, but they, you know, they're comfortable there. That's a, that's something you earn with your record. If they go to a bubble, that kind of, that's a neutral field. Now that kind of helps, you know, you know, Kansas city, if, if, if the Steelers run into the Chiefs, So there's still a lot up in the air, which they haven't decided, which I think they should have had in place before the season started. I hate kind of this on the fly that they're doing. Um, so that's my only beef. My final thoughts are just going to be NFL, um, kind of wake up and get a handle on this. You had the time to plan for it. And it kind of just seems like I'll use a Bronson term. They got caught with their pants down the, the you know, this season, a, a lot of times with, with COVID. So, Bronson, I, I don't know what you have in mind for yours, okay. or if you if you want to comment, no, if you want to comment on mine, go ahead. But and guess what? You know, and you know, what helps that too, Frank, is the stricter discipline of the people who violate these COVID protocols. Yeah. Denver, the Tennessee Titans, with all the stuff, Slap the on the and now the and now the strength and conditioning coach for Baltimore with all this stuff. Nobody's burying this guy. Why isn't he getting nope. buried? Like, nope, yeah. I'm with you, and that's and that's what would help all this stuff too. So if they came down hard, that up. I if they came, about that. If they came down hard, if they came down hard on these people for violating this stuff, you know, they asked Mike Tomlin, you know, why haven't it happened to Pittsburgh? He goes, because we've been buttoned up, so we've we've been following all the NFL protocols, and now all these five hundred thousand dollars and a seventh round pick. Come on, and just like Mark Madden, like Mark Madden said, five hundred thousand dollars and a low round pick is like butt white is butt. Fuck it, thank you. But uh, yeah, but I'm with you down there, Frank. Strict, stricter punishment the people who violate who violate the pandemic rules and things like that. I understand that as well. Frank, that so should have been established before the season. Sorry, that should have been established no, amen, before brother. the season. Amen. Make it a standard. If you violate it, it's a second round pick. It's a million dollars. Like whatever you got to do, it's a suspension. Like if you violate, if Lamar Jackson violates it, he's not only misses for COVID, but he's suspended the next game. Yeah. He, I I definitely agree. But go ahead, You're, the floor no, is yours. Am my, my, my final thoughts are you know I'm starting to you know I was kind of optimistic. You know we 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 awarded the Stanley Cup and and in October. And we got the NHL offseason going, but now it seems like we're kind of at a standstill. A with the kind of the increase of the, of the pandemic and the confirmed COVID cases throughout the world, and and um, and another big thing that a lot of NHL uh, outlets have reported too is the, I guess, this lack of agreement between the players and the and the and the and the, uh, the owners of uh, you know they basically extended the CBA a little bit, but 
now it's now it's getting time to go back to the table and talk turkey and and uh, it seems that on a lot on a lot of things, especially with COVID, and you've seen it in other leagues this past spring, Frank. We're seeing that a lot of leagues are kind of using the COVID the, the pandemic to kind of to kind of maneuver their way and and, and labor negotiations. Um, you kind of get, try to get things their way, and it seems that a lot of reports are that things are far apart between the players and the owners. And not mention that we haven't we haven't heard anything about when camps. Are, you know, we've heard we've heard proposed dates on when camps are open, but Penn hasn't hit the paper. You know, they're they're trying to get a season started in January and have teams report to camp. It's right now it's not looking too good, Frank. And especially, like I said, you know, as I mentioned in, in, in previous recordings, you know. Does the NHL want to come back? You know, I'm telling you right now, these guys aren't going to go back into a bubble. I know there were proposals about realigning the divisions. Franklin Conti was was possibly maybe going to get his uh, his dream uh, his dream sequence of uh, being an all Canada division. Uh, under they call these, it for these it. Yep. Yeah, there'd be an all Canada division, and then like an East and West, and mm-hmm. limit the travel. Maybe do. Um, Brian Burke was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast with with Biz and Wit about doing that and then doing like the travel like like MLB where you like if Vancouver goes to San Jose they're playing two they play two or three games and they go to LA and play two or three games like you're that's not, how you're the not, AHL not, does it. Yeah yeah, yeah. That's how you're not HL you're not gonna does. bounce around every every week. You know the travel's much better. But um right. but I don't know. I mean I don't know Frank everything's kinda up in the air. It's not just about, you know, getting getting owners in a situation where maybe we could have limited is necessary for the viability of the league, Frank, to have have fans at, at games, but not just the COVID factor. But it seems like there's kind of a little bit of a hiccup between the players and the and the the union and the owners here, Frank. So, I mean, if things kind of you know, it's kind of it's kind of on the rocks right now. And will we have a season starting at the beginning of the year, or you know, maybe sometimes even with, if the, maybe the pandemic might force their hand, and maybe I don't want to say this because I don't want it to happen, but maybe you kind of just say, hey, we'll see in October. You know, mm-hmm. kind of wipe this out, but that th- but that throws a whole lot of other stuff in and and limbo too because this upcoming summer was supposed to be the expansion draft and stuff for the the Seattle Kraken and and what happens if things get pushed to October? It's like do you, you can't have two off seasons in one year, so mm-hmm. do you just push that back to twenty twenty one? Do you, you know it, a lot of things are up for Frank and it's not just COVID related, but I hope the NHL and the players can get things resolved. I love to get get us back on the ice here around you know maybe mid January at the latest. Um, um, but more importantly, you want the safety of the, the players to be there, and as well as as you know the the team, the team employees, and upper management and coaching staff as well. Um, and yeah, like I said, a lot of this came from the the, the Brian Burke appearance on uh, on Business Business Wit. He he's coming out with a new book. I'm looking forward to read Frank. I actually asked uh, I actually asked Santa for that for Christmas too. <laughs> It's called uh, Burke's Law, My Life in Hockey. And, you know, Brian Burke isn't necessarily the greatest general manager in the world in terms of the moves he's made. He's the first to tell you that. You know, <laughs> he makes makes jokes about being fired from different teams, and the, he still makes fun of the – he always talks about he's the godfather, basically, of uh, lottery-protected draft picks, you know, because that Phil Kessel trade, you know, <laughs> and whatnot. So. But he seems to know the business of hockey, and when he says – and these aren't things he said, but he was talking about the realigning of the league and the travel and stuff like that. But he's always, he's always an interesting guy to listen to. To and he always uh he always is very opinionated and i've said in a few of his uh 
uh, like I went to the NHL draft conferences in the past, and he's always been very opinionated. Whether you like Berkey or you don't, you, you respect the fact that he he sticks to his guns and he believes in his morals and values, and then he, and he won't compromise them for anyone. So, not even for you, not even to kind of you know build political friends. He 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 says it like it is. But um, I don't know, Frank. Just to cap it off, and I hope we get hockey back here soon. But there's a lot of barriers in the way now of, of us having another having a, a short season here. So. I hope the the egos can 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 be put aside, and I hope we can get a good. I know the NHL has claimed to talk to other leagues about how to handle this kind of uh, in season uh, protocols with COVID, but I don't see guys going into bubbles, and I think the NHL owners would at least want a partial um, attendance. So stay tuned. Hopefully, we get some hockey soon, but I don't know what to tell you right now. Yeah, Bronson, that's it's. I agree, and like said with the nfl it's kind of hard i i was a little bit hard on goodell and the and the nfl uh, offices but it, it's hard to blame batman and nhl either they, they did a great job they were the standard bearer yeah. with their bubble system and getting the cup awarded and you know a lot's going to depend we're going to see the nba is going to start december 22nd like i mentioned so we're, they're going to kind of lead the way and if they if they pull this off in home arenas and travel and how they're going to do their schedule maybe the nfl can take the nhl can take some some notes from that and figure out how to get a 40 game 48 game i you know lockout seasons we've played 48 in the past i think that's a a, a nice even number to shoot for we saw baseball go from 162 to 60 and and get it done so if 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 any if the nhl can play 48 I feel like that's a that's a good enough year to you know to have a playoffs and have a Stanley Cup champion. I hope they get it done because, like you said, how does that affect Seattle? They can't really delay that team another year. The fans are really yeah. excited, so they're going to have to figure out all the new no movement clauses and RFAs and UFAs and expansion draft. If a non season happens, that stuff all gets paused. It really makes it difficult for cap situations and expansion draft. It's just going to be a mess. I think they have to try to get it in. And uh, for guys like Ovechkin for milestone chasers, Ovechkin, Patrick Marlowe, you don't want to see these guys get a year older and miss a season of, you know, Ovechkin chasing Gretzky's goal mark and Marlowe chasing, chasing the games played mark and guys like Joe Thornton that we might not get to see again if we, if we miss a whole calendar year. So, um, like I said, no criticism really thrown at the NHL. They're trying to get this done. I hope it comes mid late January too, Bronson. And I hope we, I hope we get the puck dropped to, uh, also because I, you know, I'm missing already missing Penguins hockey and NHL hockey. So yep. yeah, and uh, like I said, that's that's gonna do it for the episode, Frank. We've actually been pretty short here. This is one of our shorter ones. We're pretty, we basically yeah. just covered football this time. So, um, just want to say, um. Thanks for tuning in as always. Um, Frank and I lately have been hearing uh, w- the last episode. We did a good job of kind of branching out our uh, our uh, our reach. So, you know, I, I I got more active on our Twitter page and got some positive responses and other avenues as well. So we hope to keep that going. Everyone else, Frank's sanitizing his hands. I see over there. So stay <laughs> clean, stay safe. Um, want to thank Justin and Nico and Next Level Nerd again for allowing us their platforms to push their to push our content out. We are available mm-hmm. on Apple, on Spotify, um, and the steel Justin McConnell line, wherever you cast your pod. Uh, that's his line. <laughs> Trademark Justin McConnell. Nice. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, don't, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NLN uh, Sportscast 
Um, also, the actual the the movie podcast has their Twitter page, uh, Twitter page as well. It's at NLN Movies. So give them mm-hmm. a follow as well. So we'll give them a plug as well. Um, hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Um, thank you to Mrs. Frank, Katie. Um, as always, for, yeah, for my, show. My, my lovely wife, yeah, who helps me edit the audio, take out any maybe uh, some of the gaffes that we make, and uh, you know, put it all together as an MP3, and then get it onto uh, Anchor. I should yeah. give Anchor a shout out. We use Anchor.fm to yeah, uh, to, ca- to cast it out. So yeah, yeah big good, thanks. To there her. actually was an article the other day on in the, in the news, Frank, that uh, uh, Spotify partnering with Anchor, they're they're really making make a bank off the podcast. They said, "quote yeah. millions of podcasts on Anchor." on spotify so we are one right. of the the millions so we are we <laughs> they are make it super army. easy yeah, yeah. it's user friendly you just upload the mp3 put in the details and then they put it out to the sites i don't have to do anything so it hits spotify and apple and now google podcast is another big one we're on yeah. and then some smaller outlets as well so yeah big i haven't given them much shout out but anchor.fm yeah, anchor, sure. anchor. gets us out to the masses and it gets us into your car or your cell phone or your laptop or, or yep. your Xbox or wherever you listen to your podcast. So hope you guys are giving us a listen whenever. Tell your friends about us as well. The the the, 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 the word of mouth, spread it, uh, spread it around. If you want to listen, you know, to uh, two goofy guys talking sports and whatnot, just have a fun. I I think one of the things, Frank, that we get a big feedback on the podcast is, is we're genuinely having fun, and and we've had a lot of good feedback from people that Frank and I went to school with, and and uh, and maybe they don't want to be mentioned or whatnot, but you know, but they always say, you know, you know, my one friend's, you know, who Frank and I have talked off air, he said, you guys were made for this, and and <laughs> I appreciate the good the good comments and stuff. It's and it's a way for Frank and us to quite frankly stay in touch. I mean, stay in touch, actually, yeah. We say, we we text here and there, but and it's kind of we, we live our lives and we set aside a couple hours uh, every couple of weeks to do this and we're gonna try to get here quick, much quicker than two weeks, but it's something we can go off of. Plus NFL really I think the only thing going on right now, so yep. um, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of dilution in the NFL uh, genre, but we try to give you a different angle. You know we're not Michael Lombardi, we're not you know we're we're not um you know Dean Blandino or anything like that. We're not gonna give you the referee or the X's and O's of the NFL. We're just gonna give you your honest opinion and and uh and how we feel things are going in the nfl and and if you've listened to every episode this year you've kind of realized that you know you know we're, we're either a, a bunch of schlubs who know nothing or b absolute geniuses however your perspective <laughs> but, uh, uh for those who listen keep listening please let us please uh, recommend us to your family friends uh, offspring mm-hmm. whatnot pets and animals you know we don't discriminate <laughs> here on the nln sportscast so uh with that i bid you adieu uh um for Frank Conti, for for Bron- for me, Bronson Allman, for Frank's wife, Katie, does the editing. And for all of you who listen, uh, this is the NLN Sports uh, Sportscast. And to quote Kenny Omega, goodbye, mwah, and good night, bad. Hockey, throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock. <laughs>